Welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. And today we're talking about disc two of Final Fantasy VIII, which begins after the assassination attempt on Idea, uh, and will result in another assassination attempt uh, on is, Idea. <laughs> that is what happens at the end. It's kind of funny. The end of disc one and two are the same. It would be a great bookend. <laughs> I, I was surprised too when I saw it said insert disc three, and I was like, oh, this is the exact this same is the point. Same the exact point. same thing. Yep, we tried to kill Idea twice. Jeez. All right. Second um, time went a little bit different though. I was surprised. Uh, you also said this to me at how much is in disc two. Yeah, it's a lot. It's kind of insane. It took me, I thought, I was like, disc two, disc one, you know, yeah. same-ish, but once they get you into that open world, kind of, mm. you can go wherever you want, I started spending way too much time, and I finally got into the card game. Remember last time we oh, talked, I was avoiding trying. it? Yep. I got pretty into it. And yeah. anyways, a lot of, um, a lot of the time, I, I spent a ton of time on disc two, way more than I thought it would. Yeah, me too. I was kind of surprised, like, because I've yeah. been trying to do as much of the side quests and uh, trying to get as much like background and detail on like the lore and the world and yeah. stuff like that yeah. as I could. Um, me too. I went back to the um, the seed, kind of the diary and oh, the, yeah. the desk, you know, mm-hmm. in the classroom, and I just read all of that stuff, and that was that was fascinating. Yeah, and there's just just a lot to get through. So. Um, yeah. Uh, there are some people in the comments who have said, hey, uh, why haven't you discussed this or that yet? Hopefully that wasn't too crazy. Um, <laughs> All in good time. We'll, we'll eventually get to, to everything. I think everything. our final <laughs> episode will be basically just dedicated to like talking about the stuff we didn't hit. Yes, because we didn't want to, yeah. you know. And like responding ahead. to comments. Sure, yes, exactly. Um, That'll be a good one. So... Just, we'll get to everything eventually. There's some very specific lore things that people are like, oh, you forgot to go into this house and do this. And it's like, well, we're talking like three hours per episode on this. It's not that we forgot necessarily <laughs> as much as it is we like... We've got to trim content somehow. <laughs> I don't want to make a five-hour video. I mean, that, this, this, yeah. this is really long as, as it is. Anyways, yeah. um, one, more, one more thing, a uh, reminder uh, before we get started. Uh, the, you can support the podcast on Patreon. Um, we are still working toward our first kind of stretch goal or whatever they call it on there. I forget what they call it technically. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, where we would bring the podcast back to a regular weekly schedule. Yeah. Um, so if you want to see these come more regularly, we, we get, I mean, I can't even count the number of times people are like, when is the next episode? When is the next episode? People are really liking this format for Good. the podcast. Good, because I do too, and yeah. I want to do this like for a long time. Yeah. And for a lot of different games. Yeah, we could, I mean, yeah. yeah. I feel like we've really hit our stride mm-hmm. with with this format. And I want to do this every week. Yeah, <laughs> like I would too. I do. <laughs> It'd be super fun. It so, um, but there's just there's just a lot of logistics. It's just, we're both working full time. And so like yeah. making the time yeah, to do that. Yeah. Those who are patrons at the $10 level and who see how many hours of work I put into like editing and stuff, know that in order, I'd have to like be able to take some hours away from like my full-time job in order to be able to do this weekly. Or just so sleep less. I don't, I'm not that? doing that anymore. <laughs> I used to do that. I know. And then I, I remember freaking went, I had a horrible, horrible health crisis. So I'm not doing that anymore. So help <laughs> us get there. We'll bring this back to weekly if okay. that's something you want to support. Let's jump into it. All right. All right. Uh, let's just get started with, well, we, we can pass it back and forth. Summarizing uh, what happens here on disc two. So right away, you're um, you're playing as Laguna, which once yeah. again I thought you know when I first played the game I was just like this this Laguna stuff. It's not until the end that you really get the connection, 
But this Laguna business is crazy. Beginning disc two, you're not even playing as your main character. You're yep. playing as Laguna. But it's fascinating because a lot of time has passed. Mm-hmm. It's been however long since he kind of left the military. I think a and, year since he since that yeah. scene where they fell over the... Yeah, since that scene. But yeah. that scene, the timing of things is, is a little bit weird when you start seeing Laguna and you start realizing things aren't necessarily happening yeah. like in order, at least as far as I can tell. Because, um, well, we can talk about that later. But there's a little girl now. Yeah. Name's alone or LNA. L- I don't know how that's pronounced. And here's, I here's always the thing said about alone. I'm going to just forever <laughs> forego talking about how it should be in pronounced. Japanese because, whatever, like, yeah. we'll get response in the comments like, yeah, I get that. Okay, fine. Like, I don't know Japanese. I'm hopelessly, I just, I'm not talking about it anymore. Pronounce it however the freak you want. If you really <laughs> going by the Japanese, it would be Erone. That's how I pronounce it, Elone. Erone, right. with an R. Elone, well, Erone. <laughs> but Elone is how I say it. That, let's do that, let's do that. Because I don't. I never liked the name Alone. It is a weird name. It's a weird name, but I felt like it was kind of symbolic because she is alone. alone. Maybe that is, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the thing with, with Aerith's name, right? Ah, uh, yes. The reason yeah, why Aerith's. it's supposed to be T-H instead of S is because yeah. it's supposed to be like Earth. She has a connection ah, to the Earth, that's it, yeah. right? No. So that's why it's Aerith and not Eris. Not Eris. Technically. So well, maybe that is maybe alone. I don't know. I don't know whatever. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> just not getting into names. Elone is good enough. So there's this little adorable little girl, and Laguna's protecting her. We don't really know why. He he got rescued by this bartender girl named mm-hmm. Rain, and she's kind of like helping him out. And in return, he like protects the village because he's got military experience and stuff. And so he's just been doing that for like a long time, and he's really, really happy yep. <laughs> doing it. I love that um, yeah. connection that they've built between Elena and Laguna. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's, they're talking to each other, and um, Rain is kind of um, like scolding her, the, oh, the little yeah. girl, a little for bit. going out. And she's like, right. "Oh, I got in trouble." Yes, <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, and then so she. And then uh, she ends up saying something to Laguna, you know, kind of coming down hard on him. And he tells her, oh, I got in trouble. And so yeah, they have yeah. this little dynamic connection <laughs> yeah. between them that uh, is, is really charming. It, mm-hmm. I think it's very indicative of what Final Fantasy VIII in particular gets completely right mm-hmm. with its writing. Is like this banter, uh, back and forth, characters yeah. uh, uh, relating to each other, dynamic uh, between characters, uh, the cast balancing each other, being consistently so. very and being funny. consistent, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's you just know, really charming stuff. What's funny about Laguna's character is that he's so tight with this this little four or five-year-old girl. I don't know how old she is, but yeah. she's young. She's very young. Uh, and he's so, like, good with her, and they just she's just like she loves him. Mm. And also we find out that these the Shumi little yeah. lion people, like, really like Laguna, too. Yeah. And uh, he's... He's not so good with people his age. He's not so good with adults and and formal, you know, business stand-up respectable people. But he's so so good because he's just all heart, you know. Yeah. He's so good with children and with animals that seem like you know, like puppies, basically, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the, are like the, less the Moomba, than human. Yeah, the Moomba. yeah. You said Shumi, but it's actually true that Shumi can transform into. We'll get to that later. That's their but final Shumi stage. Shumi <laughs> transform into, into Moombas. Moomba. Yeah, that's yeah, what I meant. Right? Yeah. Uh, but he just has these connection with these um, beings that you would generally consider to be of lesser intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> and he is. He just. That's when he shines, you know. And you can tell he's not the smartest guy himself, but there's like something about him that people. Who you know, people can just latch on to, yeah. not on an intellectual level, but like a, on like an emotional. Like an aura level. about him, yeah. Some kind of 
sense that he gives off that people just trust yeah. him. And, and like you mentioned, his little banter with LNA is like, mm. that's that kind of embodies that. You kind of feel that a little mm. bit. And you feel how sincere he is. Like yeah. he really cares about people. Yeah. When he gets close to somebody, whether it's the girl at the hotel, I can't remember her name, or it's Rain or it's LNA or it's, you know, the Moombas that he worked with or whatever, like they, like, you know, they can feel that, and you can just tell, and it's 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 really well. They show it really well, but he's really really connected. He's yeah, really loyal. And I he's mean, really like tight with people. we mentioned this last week, but a perfect foil or counterbalance to Squall, right? Yeah, which was his whole purpose. Yeah, yeah. Is they were worried that Squall was too alienating mm. to for a lot of players who are going to play that who do, might not necessarily completely relate to him. Oh, I don't like him, but you're going to mm. like Laguna no matter what. Everyone yeah, likes Laguna. Basically, no matter what, everybody yeah. likes Laguna. Yeah, you can't hate Laguna. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff. I try to, though, because I'm like, I didn't understand him. I, I didn't get why he was there. I, I wanted to play Squall. I didn't want to play as Laguna. Yeah. Uh, this newest playthrough, though, I, I love the scenes with Laguna, so. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he goes over to the bar, and uh, Kiros ends up showing up. Yeah, Kiros shows up. And, um, and the they start protecting the village together. <laughs> yeah, the conversation that they have with each other, kind of catching us up on what's happened since they left uh, yeah. Galbadian military. Um, but there's some there's some key sort of hints dropped about like the nature of these dreams. I mean, it's it's it, eventually they state it outright like what's happening. But this might be a good time to bring up some of like the the hints along the way that they've left about like what this dream world they're seeing actually is. Yes. Because yeah. I mean, if you remember um, the very first one, it was on the well, train the to jungle, right? Yeah. It was on the train to Timber, mm-hmm. and. Um, Right before it happens, Zell basically explains to Squall the Timber situation. Right. Timber used to be an independent country. Mm-hmm. It's been, it was invaded by Golbadia 18 years ago or something like right. that. Um, and then immediately after that, you go into a dream sequence where I think Ward says, hey, aren't we supposed to be fighting the Timber army? Right. Suggesting that... It's like relevant it's, in some way. It's independent. Timber is its own nation with its right. own army. Not a, uh, what do you call it, a, a, a opposite of sovereign. Uh, subordinate. Subordinate nation, a, yeah, a subservient yeah. nation. Subservient. To Galbadia. So that lets you know that we're dealing with something in the past. In the past, like, right. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this happened a, a long past. time ago. Yeah. Now that's a very, very small thing that you might have easily missed yeah. on a first playthrough, right? Well, I but, um there's a lot of other hints that they drop along the way that suggest that this happened in the past. Yeah. Um, also, uh, if you select the grayed out text, so in all the options where Laguna has something that he can reply as, a lot of times there will be a grayed option, which is actually mm-hmm. Squall's thoughts, right, not Laguna's. Yeah. And you may or may not in your playthrough have chosen to select the grayed options, right? So you mm-hmm. might have missed this. But if you do, it's always something that Laguna's kind of like, like that wasn't my thought and, and he starts mentioning something about the fairies. Yes. F-A-E-R-I-S. Fairies. There's some kind of, something is like suggesting things to my brain that I didn't think, that I didn't want to say or whatever. And we find out later on in this disc that the reason we're having these hallucinations in the first place is because someone is trying to change Change the past, is trying to affect it directly through some other way, but they're trying to alter the past, which right. is why Laguna can, to some degree, actually sense right. that's so, going on. Right. So, like Squall and 
Zell and Selfie or whoever else is viewing these dreams, they aren't just passively watching it right. through the eyes of the individual people, through either Laguna or Kiros or Ward, right? They, their thoughts have some ability to affect what they do or say. They can't mm-hmm. like directly control their bodies necessarily, right. but they can at least have some level of like psychological suggestion mm-hmm. to whatever That's degree that is. Yeah. What Squall is thinking in the future is affecting what Laguna is thinking in his time, and it is it is to some degree having some effect. Right. But um, to what degree that is, we will get to in much more detail in a later episode when we we really get into the 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 meat of how time is handled in this story. Oh gosh, especially in We're form. not <laughs> quite there yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where we've had it all sort of unfold and explained or where we can really dig into it. But it's nice, at least at this point, to be paying attention to mm. the hints that they're dropping uh, about uh, the, the fact that Squall and company are getting sent somehow back in time and have some ability to influence what these characters are thinking or, or what pops in their yeah. mind or suggests what, the, you know. But the problem is, is that Squall and company, they have no idea what they're supposed to be helping I to know, change. they don't really get any of this. So it's like they're all kind of helpless. All three of the 18 years ago party members and the modern day party, party members have no idea what's happening mm-hmm. and can't really figure out what whoever is making this happen is trying to get them to do. Right. So Which may be intentional. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you don't want to change the past completely, right? Right. Because that would change the future. You just got to slightly hint it or um, adjust it a little bit. Yeah, and in addition to that, it's also interesting that the GFs that you have equipped on Squall and Zell or whoever are the same GFs yes. that are equipped on them in the past. Yeah. So there's a connection there, too. Like right. they, they, they gain experience with those same GFs that carries... You know, you're learning the same abilities. It's like they're, yeah. they're totally shared between the times. Now, there's a gameplay reason for that, but you know, the story equivalent. I, I think that's fascinating. Actually, I didn't yeah. uh, look into that as much as you did just now. So that's yeah. that's actually really cool. Yeah. Oh, and and so yeah, you go on the uh, the patrol with Kiros, yeah. right? You're running around, but uh, and sort of just you know killing monsters. I think he ends up tracking it too. You go back and report to Raina. I killed yes. 17 monsters. Well, and it's funny because he says that we have to go back and report to the assistant commander. Yeah, and Kiros is like, "Who's <laughs> the assistant commander?" He's like, "You mean that girl at the bar?" He's like, "Yeah, well, she's the commander. The assistant's LNA. <laughs> so he's got to report to this little girl. Yeah. Like at least that's what I. T- I don't know if I misread it or not, but no, it's just no, totally. so funny that. He like she's the assistant commander, she's mm. a four year old girl. He includes her on all this, yes. you know. Like that's a that's a thing. Like to to be able to have like the trust of a child, basically, he treats mm. this child like a child in many ways, but also just like a friend. Yeah, and that's like another part of their special connection. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's funny how he can always go back and uh, and do that. But um, you also find some also some people in Lagoon or in sorry in Squall's world in the future. Who will tell you all the stats and stuff? Sure, and how many yeah, monsters you sure, killed and yeah. whatnot. Um, but yeah, you get back to the town, and before you report, there's some Galbadian soldiers there in the square, mm-hmm. kind of like in the main little square of Windhill, which is the name of the town, I think. Yeah. Um, and you talk to them, and they are all talking about the sorceress war that we have learned. If you're looking at 
you know, some of the notes in the, the, the Adele, menu right? or, or it, yeah, was Sorceress Adele. Yeah. And they're talking about Sorceress Adele and this war with Esthar as if it's currently happening. They're currently mm-hmm. fighting it, right? Yeah. And Adele is this sorceress that they all fear in Galbadia and she's the ruler of Esthar. Mm-hmm. Another pretty obvious suggestion that you are in back in time. Like, because right. as we've read in these uh, tutorial menus and in the at the computer terminal, uh, that happened 17 years ago, that, mm-hmm. uh, that sorceress war. And they're talking about Adele and how she's looking for a successor, right? They're looking for a successor to Sorceress yes. Adele. Yeah. And there's even one soldier there who mentions that uh, Galbadia will kidnap little girls. Mm. So these are all little pieces or hints that are left behind, but what we know in the future is that Idea is the sorceress. It's right. not Adele. And that somehow there's a successor, there's a passing on of this role of sorceress to someone else, and yeah. that they're kidnapping girls mm-hmm. to try to like find a compatible successor to pass this power onto. So it's almost like, now let me get this straight, Galbadia doesn't have a sorceress, they're getting their butts kicked by Esthar because Esthar yeah. is just way advanced. Yeah. They want, they feel like the only way they can, com- they mm-hmm. can battle is by getting their own sorceress. Yes. They got it and she killed their president. <laughs> yes. She runs their country. Exactly. But it's almost like the it's almost like a nuclear war, you know. It's yeah. like you need nuclear weapons to be able to compete, but once you get them, you have like your your you have turned yourself into an evil empire capable of destroying the world. Mm-hmm. And like maybe you don't maybe you shouldn't look for that. Yeah, and this power. was this was all bred from a fear because Esthar went yeah. dark. They yeah. basically just shut themselves off and, and they no one say, knew what they were doing. Because Esthar was basically like an entire continent, right? Yeah. A huge continent. And they're saying there is nothing, they, this is hinted at in this disc, there is nothing on that continent yep. that they can see. Yep. It is just empty forests wilderness. and mountains. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. And nobody has any idea what's going on there. Yeah. All they know is that that used to be the most advanced civilization in the mm-hmm. world, headed by a, an evil sorceress. Right. And we know they're not just sitting there doing nothing. So... You know, President Delling and others. Mm-hmm. I, I think even Martine, who was the uh, the head of the Galbadian, Galbadian Garden, Garden, yeah, yeah, he mentions this a little bit when you get to Fisherman's Horizons mm-hmm. later when you talk to him. That uh, you know, I, I think it's him. I think he's the NPC that tells you about this, but I might be misremembering it. That's but it. somebody is, or no, it's Gal, it's 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 Callaway. It's it's uh, the mayor. No, the um, the Callaway. general general who is um, Carraway. Uh, Renoa's father. Sorry. Oh, yes. So yeah. if you go back to Delling City uh-huh, uh, yeah. after the prison yes. escape sequence, which we'll get into in a minute, mm-hmm. you can drive back over to Delling City. I did that for some uh, triple triad yeah. with, with uh, General Carraway because nice. he has um, Renoa's card. Oh, sick. So I went there to play <laughs> him, but you can talk to him, and he is the one who talks about um, the, basically has these regrets about like Galbadia pursuing this... Uh, goal of getting mm-hmm. their own sorceress to try to combat Esthar. Well, right? he doesn't even know the extent of his regrets on yeah. something like that, <laughs> as exactly. we'll see in the future. But exactly, yes. that's funny. So anyways, um, yeah, essentially in all these 17 years that Esthar has gone quiet, Galbadia invaded Timber, has tried to like expand yeah. their power, essentially, right. and to get their own sorceress just to be ready to fight Esthar again. Right. Uh, it, it specifically mentions when you're on the train uh, for the um, president uh, kidnapping little mission with oh, the yeah, Timber Owls, 
they have like a, what do you call it, a, a little like whiteboard in the background with some clippings from magazines. Oh, yeah. And you go read that, and it talks about how Delling um, essentially invaded timber after coming to office when the Sorcerer's War ended and, and tried to like expand his power as much as possible. And all of this, mm. and then eventually he brought a Sorceress on and was going to do the... Right. The whole purpose of this was to be able to it's get ready, prepare to fight Esthar again. Right. And so, anyways, all of this is is basically leading back into the fact that when you're in Laguna's time, they're talking about Sorceress Adele as if she's currently in power uh, yeah. and Esthar as if they're currently fighting them. So it's made pretty clear Specific at this point, yeah, we're in the past. Laguna, yeah. all this stuff happening is really long time ago. What's going on here? Well, and one thing that solidifies that, at least for my playthrough, was what Kiros kind of convinces Laguna to do. He says, hey, you've always wanted to be a journalist, right? Yeah. Like, there's this, uh, what's it, Timber... Timber Maniacs. Timber Maniacs mm -hmm. is... Um, like, what's the word? They're getting freelance articles and they yeah. basically publish almost everything they get because yeah. they're looking for so much stuff. Yeah. And so Laguna's like, oh, sick. So I could just like write whatever, take pictures, and then they'll publish it. And Travel Travis is world like, yeah, and, you can do yeah. whatever you always wanted to do. Apparently, he's always wanted to be some sort of traveling journalist. Yeah. yeah. And so he convinces him to go. And you, you later on, you do find issues of Timber mm -hmm. Maniac, old issues, mm -hmm. like very old, mm -hmm. with, with Laguna in them. Yep. And, and you read them you start and, the, uh, and they're all like... It's in um, Selfie's diary at the computer yes, terminal, right? that's where yeah. I saw it, yeah. Yeah, you can read like all these different yep. issues and it's just his travels across the world as a journalist or whatever. And some of those pictures are so bad, but they do it on purpose <laughs> because it's like, like one of them, he's in Esthar and he's like, oh, look at this. And it's like, what is that? But you can't really tell yeah. with the picture, but it's yeah. like some weird looking They're hinting that something thing. weird is in Esthar. Yeah, yeah. something weird's there. Laguna went there. Yeah, and, and he wrote an article, but it's very um, like shrouded in mystery. Like yeah. he doesn't say what it is or where it is. He just says, "Hey, I went here. It was super cool. It was awesome. Thumbs up, right?" Yeah. And <clears throat> selfies, kind of thinking to herself, like, "Wow, you know, this if they can do whatever he's talking about, it must be a pretty high tech place." But yeah. this was so long ago yeah. that you know, as far as we know, who knows? Esther doesn't even exist still anymore. Like that. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't even be like that. Anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that was a good thing to bring up the Timber Maniacs uh, issues. Yeah, regarding I think that's basically where we end there. Mm. And we, you don't know, you don't see him leave, although he does walk in while Rain is talking to Elena. And Rain is, you know, Elena is like, hey, can't you just marry Laguna and let's just like chill and be here forever? <laughs> yeah. And Rain is like, yeah, no, I like him too, but like he's got, you know, other ideas. Ambitions, and, yeah. aspirations for life. There's other things he wants to do. I don't think he can just settle down and I don't want to tie him here, yeah, yeah. forever. And so, and I think that's more or less the end of it there. Where he, and then you find out through Selfie's diaries that he did. He went out and went to traveled be a journalist and traveled the world. He yeah. didn't stay there in that town and marry yeah. Rain and, and just be like a foster be a bartender father to LNA or whatever. Yeah. He didn't stay there. So he's kind of left a mystery of what happened to him after that. Mm -hmm. um, so once we come out of that, uh, I'm going to start calling them flashbacks because that's more sure. or less what they are. Not it's a kind of a sure. It's not really a dream. It's kind of a dream, but it's more like a, just a flashback to the past. Yeah. Um, we come to the D-District prison in Galbadia, where our characters are uh, currently held right. hostage. After attempting hostage, to assassinate. Uh, as they're, they're prisoners. Prisoners, yeah. Um, this is where the story of Final Fantasy VIII... And, and here's the mm -hmm. thing, like, I can't decide whether to be, like, super critical of this prison escape sequence because <laughs> right. it was intentionally really goofy. Yeah. Or whether it was because... Prison escape sequences almost always suck as a general rule. Fair enough. Escaping, yeah, escaping from prison 
is like one of the hardest things <laughs> to right. do. You got to plan it a world. long time, and you basically end up having to like try and fit in a place where your body shouldn't fit. Yeah, and that's how most people end up escaping. You don't just fight all and, the guards and to and, conceal and what you're doing for right. years from the prison guards. Yes, while you to know it. exactly how the security works there. Yeah, it takes incredible observation and intelligence and years of planning. Right. To make and to sort of like put that into your story, unless your unless your whole story is like uh, what was that show about? Uh, I think it's called Prison Escape or something like that. Oh, Prison Break. Prison Break. With uh, what's yeah the actor yeah yeah. So unless your whole or, show but is even about still, that, he tattooed the whole map of the prison on his back. Like the entire <laughs> map was tattooed on his back. Like he went through serious preparation yeah, for that. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah. like unless your whole show is based on that, right? The Prison Escape sequence is a minor plot. You just uh, need to get over yeah. that. You need to get through quickly, yeah. and so what tends to happen is that it's <laughs> very unconvincing the way yeah. that prison escape sequences go. Um, if you look back to like GoldenEye '64, this isn't even <laughs> in the movie, right? Because in the yeah. movie, in that silo, that Russian silo, uh, Bond never even goes there. In right. the movie, it's just blown up, and Natalia is the only survivor, or whatever. Mm. But in the game, they have a whole mission inside of that silo where you're—I think you're in prison—and you use that watch to like, oh yeah, the two, laser two, 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 two. the yeah. laser the lock, the lock and yeah, get and then out you or just whatever. Start killing everyone, right? Like they're usually done like that. Yes, and but this might be the worst one I've ever seen in anything in my because whole life. it was so like, hey, oh, I have an idea, let's do it, and it was just like split second, like hey. You go stand in the corner, and when he comes in, you'll bash him on the head. Like, like they've never <laughs> thought of that before. It's like, it, it, it goes back to what we were talking about last time, where it's like a kid thought up that yes. prison escape. That's right? exactly. Because when we did like similar that. sequences yeah. of prison escape in <laughs> we, our movies and we stuff, totally did and that. they were always like that. It was always like, oh, please, uh, yeah. Mr. Guard, I'm feeling sick. I'm Can sick. you come help me? Yeah. And then, boop, yeah. now I have the Punch keys, him. and you I escape. <laughs> And the guard comes in alone. Like, yeah. at first, with the prison escape, <laughs> I just think it's so funny. With the prison escape, you got the three guards, and it's just so stereotypical. They're all yeah. just kicking him. You guys suck. I love that his Zell name, just keeps getting I love that the name jacked. of the warden is Mean Guy. Like yes, his, mean his guy. name is Mean Guy. And they're like, oh, you're so mean. <laughs> that and, and like, selfies. That is that not the word guy. I would use to describe an abusive like, like a prison, prison yeah, warden. Absolutely mean. <laughs> mean? Mean How is about like cruel. How about abusive? <laughs> How about like like mean? He's just a mean guy. Mean is like your older brother. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like but we're talking a different level here. I mean, look what they're doing to Squall. Yeah. While this is all Torturing happening. Torturing him. Squall is literally being tortured. And I thought that was fascinating. He was kind of hung up on Yeah, the there's cross, a lot to of. get through in that scene. Yeah. yeah. But that's coming. That'll be what we talk about next. But with this prison break, so they come in with three guards. Okay, good job. Like three of you at least, right? But these yeah. are trained fighters. That, and they're not <laughs> tied up or anything. They just are let walk around in the prison cell. And then why in the world did that Moomba get in there and then just like stay there? Yeah, so, okay. He Let's, just showed up and then they were like, you so want to come too? Let's the three go. of them come and they, they, they kick him and beat him up. And yeah. then they leave. And then um, I think it's th- that Moomba's bringing him like it's like he's got like a tray. Their food, yeah. He's bringing them some lunch. food or something. He trips and falls. But after he trips and, then, and falls, he just stays there. Yeah, the Moomba just stays in the room. <laughs> he just stays there. And and then and okay, then in so the end, got, it's like, oh, got, you want to come too? Uh, Let's all go. We've got Zell, yeah, Quistus, Renoa, and Selfie all and in selfie, the same yeah. jail cell thing, whatever the block or the room, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> and then they're trying to talk about. Uh, what they need to do next, how they're going to get out of this situation, whatever. Right. And they they confirm that Zell was actually watching a dream sequence or a flashback of Ward, who yes. was not with 
uh, Kiros or Laguna yeah, in the there. scene we just watched. And where was he? He was we, we working don't see it, but as a janitor in he, this prison. In that prison, right. So that Zell prison. So now, Zell thinks for a second. Oh, like, I've seen this. I know where I know is. where we are and yeah. I know the layout of this prison. So right. I know how to get out of this place. Yeah. Is essentially like the plot contrivance. Even though he's not that, really the one yeah. that's leading the escape. I mean, other than just the initial like Let's bash the guard on the head right. and then leave. Uh, I guess he goes and finds the weapons, right? So yeah. he goes and gets all the So weapons. he has some level of familiarity but, with the place and can... Oh, you know what he it. does know about, though, is how to control that that weird um, yeah. that elevator thing going the, up and down. Um, yes. He stays the, back. Like the machine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of to explain how he's able to like do all that, right? Right. But the, the actual escape from the cell itself... Yeah, that's hilarious. He calls to the guard... One guard and walks says, in. Hey, I think she was bitten by a snake. <laughs> and the guard's like, wait, what? And he comes in the room and he just punches him in the gut. And it's over. Takes the key card. Yeah, it's over. Done. One punch. It's, it's got to be. Yeah. I mean, if not number one, top two or three lamest, dumbest prison yeah. escapes yeah. ever conceived. I, I just, it's, it's so stupid. Yes. It would have been better if they were able to get like the Moombas. I know they can eventually, you know, something like this happens. But if they were yeah. able to convince the Moombas to help out, well, it, while they were still in the cell, instead of the some Moombas other help Squall escape yes, later, yes, and that yeah. felt totally right because they well, the, he, they think he looks like Laguna. Another yes. hint of something to come. Yes. They all are calling him Laguna. Right, but. <laughs> But but convincing a prison guard <laughs> that someone in this highly like 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 uh, what would you call it sterile facility yeah that a snake got in here and bit one of the prisoners yes and he just walks in and, and lets just himself one get hit, punches one punch, and it's boom. over really really dumb but I, whatever okay so he does it <laughs> they escape from jail it's their big escape and then they're like oh we need to go find our weapons well whoop de do you go up one level and they're all there's two guards just playing with your weapons oh here's some cool nunchucks oh these are cool this is fun Zell just walks up beats him up grabs the weapons brings him back down right mm-hmm. but this is the time when he brings him back down it's when um, Biggs and Wedge right show up and they're you know they're bad guys in this particular game and they walk in and they're like alright guys we're going to teach you a lesson and it just so happens this is the weirdest thing ever when they each get their weapons, they like yeah, grow like, big, like, a like Power giants. Ranger like yeah. feature, and then they do their little cha cha cha, and then they shrink back down. Now, this is the reason why I'm not sure I'm meant to, to take any of this seriously. That's fair enough. Like fair it's enough. supposed I to just be a, good, a total joke sequence. Yeah, and that that might be the case. That maybe that was the intention, but it, it's just a weird thing to do. Yeah, like I, I feel like um, throughout the game, that balance between like knowing when I should take the game seriously when I shouldn't, yeah. is pretty straightforward. Like, it's yeah. pretty well-defined, right? And they do a good job of making that obvious and uh, making it sort of, like, work. This is probably the one place in the game where I feel like I don't get it. I agree like, with that, and it, it probably does have a little more to do with what's happening in between, because in between us seeing them in prison, you're, you've got Squall getting tortured, right? Yeah. And, and Squall, he's really not 
like like he's handling it in the sense that he's not divulging information, yeah. but he doesn't really know what they're asking him for in the first place. Because yeah. Cypher is here. Cypher's in this uh, facility, and he wants to know what the real purpose of Seed is. Mm. And Squall's like, you you were part of Seed. Yeah. I'll torture some more. So he'll get shocked, <laughs> and then they'll ask him, what's the yeah. point of Seed? My initial thinking was Cypher's lost his memories. Mm. That's not necessarily no. what happened. What More what happened is that he feels like there's a deeper meaning to see. Yeah, once you actually get in. Yes, that the younger trainees, like he was, the students don't know about. Yeah. Uh, but Squall's initiation, what was it? It was like two minutes long. It was just like, yeah. here's some nice words and here's your robe and now go. Yeah, go on your first mission. Go dance and yeah. There was have nothing a, to it. Have really. a mission. There was nothing. And so, but Cypher just won't, he won't buy that, right? So yeah. that's why Squall's being tortured. Uh, and that's probably why Squall's even still alive. Yeah. Because Idea wants to know if there was more about Seed than just were mercenaries that go around and fight around right. the world, right? Right. Uh, so Spe- he's being tortured, and in between him being tortured, the, the guys, the prisoners, Zell oh, and, yeah. and Selfie, they're in the cell, and they can hear him. They're like, we can hear screaming, right? Like, what yeah. is that? What's going on? Somebody's screaming. Well, then they're just being silly. <laughs> and the <laughs> yeah. way Squall's being yeah. tortured, That's good point. he's hung up basically on a cross being, being um, electrocuted yeah. in a, you know, a weird way, and he basically, talking to himself, but he basically is like, he tells Cypher his breath stinks, I think. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, we're like we're done. He's just accepting his fate. He's going to die. Yeah. And and he kind of hangs his head down, and and then we go to this stupid prison escape sequence. The, the contrast is, I think, what makes it so uh, much less it, palatable. It, it seems like the wrong time, is especially in light yeah. of the fact that Squall's being tortured, and I had actually forgotten that that they were aware of this somehow. Yeah, they so had heard that they makes it that actually screaming. clarifies how I feel about it. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because this is, in my opinion, not really the time to go that like extremely goofy route with it. Yeah, because it's not it's not consistent with like the stakes of the scene. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's just they kind of oh. turned that into a joke, and it's not very clever. Now. Like I said, most prison escape sequences are pretty lame like this. Unless it's the whole, like you mentioned, unless the whole story is about the escape. Yeah, but like contrast this, let's say, to like the equivalent scene in Final Fantasy VII, which is the public execution they're going to do on TV after Meteor's been summoned. And so they have like Tifa locked in that gas chamber. Uh, I mean, it relies on a similar kind of like cliche plot contrivance for the guards to accidentally drop the key as he's Uh leaving the room. So that Tifa can like reach with her can feet, it, yeah. but at least she's confined here, and it's like still a high. <laughs> and it stakes, wasn't her idea. It, yeah, it's a it high stakes scene. The opportunity presented because it's to like her, if yeah. I don't hurry, yeah, and yeah. grab this key, like and and put it into my mouth and like unlock this, like I'm mm-hmm. gonna die, right? right? So there's some level of like high stakes to that. But in in addition to that, Barrett is trying to like get in there and can't help her out. But like yeah. they, the party has sort of planted. Uh, Kate Sith as like a face, fake journalist into mm-hmm. the scene to like you know subdue Scarlet and so there's yeah. at least a plan that has some level of thought sure. applied to rescuing yes. them right as opposed to just a it, first thing you think is of. it the best prison escape sequence ever no uh, but it's at least convincing enough yeah. to not make me think you know too right. hard about it in comparison to this there were multiple steps right this yeah. one there was one step and it worked. Hey, and you're done. <laughs> dumb, dumb guard, come in here and just mean let me guy. punch you. <laughs> mean guy, let me come punch you and take your key and leave. It's, yeah, it's I don't know. I just really I didn't like I that. I agree. I really didn't like that. But the rest of the sequence is pretty good. 
especially all the stuff with Cypher and Squall. Um, yeah, that's fascinating. And I think the way, it, in, in particular, it's beginning to clarify like Cypher's motivations, right? Yeah. His yeah. romantic dream he keeps mm -hmm. talking about. This, yep. this uh, I can't remember the exact words he said. I think I wrote them down. Uh, but it, it, it gives a little bit more context to like where he came up. And we're going to talk a lot more about this, I think, in the next episode. Where mm -hmm. he came up with this idea. So um, his, he basically says that his childhood dream was to become a sorceress's knight. And he says, um, uh, this is the scene. So he's talking about almost like it's a movie. This is the uh, scene yes, that's right. where you swear your undying hatred for me. You, uh, the tale of the evil mercenary versus the sorceress's knight. Right. So we see this naive, almost childlike... Fantasy. Total yeah. fantasy or, or, or dismissal of like reality, yeah. of what's really happening, to embody this, I guess, uh, just dream he's always had. Mm. So he's already beginning to justify what he's doing yeah. by claiming that Squall is an evil mercenary. I'm like the holy sorceress's knight. And this is the scene in the movie where yeah. you swear your undying hatred. He's trying to play it's, out. It's a movie to him. It's yeah. a total yeah. fantasy world he's living in now. That's he's kind completely of the, um, separated himself from reality. Star Wars Episode Three, where Anakin's like, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil, <laughs> yeah. you know? Cypher's like, hey, it's all relative, man, but I'm the sorceress's knight. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I got the long end of the stick or whatever. The, yeah. So his ego, which was already a problem, yes. has gone off the rails, mm -hmm. and it's I found it at least convincing oh, me too. that he's yeah. gone to this yeah. level where he's willing to torture Squall, right? Even though he has shown these qualities of being like a better person at heart, uh -huh. it's like his whole life has basically been, he's felt like a failure. Right. He's kind of been belligerent in his like, I'm going to stay this rebel kind of person in this, mm -hmm. you know, like, bad boy without a cause. Yeah. But, like, continual failures. And now being presented this absolutely just perfect opportunity to realize his childhood dream. And mm -hmm. his ego has taken that and just run with it completely. To the point where he's now justifying torture of right. his, like, fellow classmate. Right? And yeah, so, like... Fascinating. I can... I kind of see this as being, like... It's not, it's al I almost don't see Cypher as being evil in it. He's just mm. so broken psychologically <laughs> and emotionally. Well, that, yeah. And he's so young and ignorant and naive and has essentially been manipulated and taken advantage of by the sorceress. Yeah. And it's just really unfortunate that he never has had the humility to like see through what is happening to him. Right. How he's being taken advantage and so of. So there's kind of an interesting... Yeah villain that they're building in him here. Mm -hmm. I, I never have really felt like he's an evil person, mm -hmm. but yet I'm still convinced he's willing to go to this kind of cruel length to achieve his ends. For his own. Yeah. Yeah, his own point of view. And you're not even speculating because later on in this disc, um, we do see his, uh, well, we see more, we do learn basically those exact things about Cypher, about how inadequate he really does feel. Yeah. And and how, I don't know how the sorceress kind of used is using him. Use yeah, that completely. Can totally use yeah, that completely. Um, so yeah, uh, not really much else to talk about with the rest of the escape. Like you said, the Moombas come in 
to rescue Squall, they call him Laguna. They're all yes. like calling him Laguna, Laguna. And he's like, hey, you know Laguna too? Like what's yeah. going on here? The Moombas all know Laguna. They, they're calling Squall Laguna. You know, again, kind of an important foreshadowing or hint to something later. To something, yeah. Keep that in mind as you're playing. Um, but I did write down that the FMVs <laughs> uh, in this game are just, they just continually outdo themselves. Like they're they just really get good. better and better and better. They, they do. And the way that they make them interactive, too, you're playing yes. while the they FMVs They did a lot happening. of that in Disc 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing to me that all of the content of Disc 2 fits on one disc. I know, it's, it's insane, considering the FMVs, too. But, like, so you're they finally... When, um, when they escape and there's the dust storm. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's digging. That the prison is, really is cool. digging into the earth. <laughs> And Squall is like shimmying across the the bridge, right? Yeah. And he's trying to get and to the other edge. And you see the dust the swirling, dust is just, and it's just closer and closer. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. so cinematic. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it's just super cool. Like the the they started this technique, like we said in FF7. Uh-huh. And I'm playing FF7 with with Chrissy right now, and I'm kind of like comparing the mm. FMV interactive FMVs. Oh yeah. And they're cool in FF7. Yeah. They're cool, but they're like. <laughs> Beyond the cool in yeah. FF8, they're just like way <laughs> off the charts, awesome and just really exciting. Yeah, um, and just really well executed. They blend together really well. Of course, they probably blend better on the original PS1 on a uh, oh, CRT yeah. TV than well, they would on an HD version. Yeah, I was saying. Now, now I am but, playing it in standard def, but not on a CRT TV. Yeah. so I guess that's. Uh, but yeah, it's probably it, they it, probably blend the backgrounds yeah. blend with the characters better. Better. Guaranteed, absolutely better because you got that sharp outline in the HD version. But nonetheless, they are super, super, super cool, and it just seems like every time later on, it's like every time that that another one comes up, it just seems like it's even more exciting and more cool and more cinematic than the last. Yeah. Um, So they just did super good job on those in this game. So once you cross that bridge. I thought that it was like, oh my gosh, we uh, we they wanted to get out of the prison, right? They went to the bottom. Oh no, it's just full of dirt. There's nothing here. What's going on? Yeah. They go to the top. They realize that they're on this big, tall drill thing. Then they have to crawl. You know, you climb across the bridge and get all the way to the end. Um, and I thought you were then going to have to go all the way back down yeah. in order to get out. But they just kind of skipped that part. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like, they okay, we're down. That we're dungeon is already really tedious. You it have is. to go up and down and, and up they and down. Look the same. Oh my Every gosh. level looks the same. We talked about reusing assets in our last yeah. episode. That's nothing compared to this. The prison <laughs> escape sequence. You, they have to tell you what level you're on because everything looks the same each time. What really bothers me about it is that there is like a gate. Because the stairs going from one level to the next are right next to each other. Yeah. And on floor seven where you start, there's no gate there. So you can just go up the stairs or down the stairs. Whoop, right. Whoop. But and then every you other have to level, there's a gate that forces yes. you to walk all the and way around. you can't around. jump the gate. You got to go around. That's annoying. And also, really why are there, what annoying. are there, 12, 10 or 12 levels, something like that? Yeah, it's 12. 12 and they, you know that they know that it's too much because yes. you can talk to the Moogles and set shortcuts yes. to floor nine or five or two or whatever. There are some treasures and some guys you can play triple triad with. Yes, and, and I did. I ran across a good card, and that's when I was like, I'm going to start playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, this is optional content. Yes, it's optional. So why not make it optional by taking the damn rail away so that I can just go up the stairs <laughs> so quickly? So around. I don't have to run... A, maybe it's because they want the way you around, to fight more monsters. It, well, that's maybe it. it's a balance issue. Yeah. But I don't know why it has to be a balance issue because the, the monsters are always scaled to your level. So yes, it can't be true. that. So maybe they just uh, want you to spend more time fighting so you get more AP to learn 
more ability. But you can just grind for those if you any time you want. I don't know the games. <laughs> the games back in the day, the JRPGs, they don't like grinding as a thing that you do separate from the original story. I think yeah. they tried to incorporate it in, like build oh, it into the. Sequence. So let's have oh, maybe it was originally five levels, and they're like, let's make it twelve, so that people have to fight more enemies, so that they're they should be this level by the time they get yeah. out. And as opposed to, oh, now they have to leave town and go walk in circles grinding for a while and come back, then they'll be the right level. So I guess they tried, kind of tried to build it into, but yeah. this game with the scaling level system, it doesn't really make sense to do that as much. They kind of got rid of level grinding for yeah. the most part. If you have the Diablos GF mm-hmm. at this point, which is, again, not one that's like, it's, it's not necessarily in your way. You, I think you get an item from Sid before leaving Balam to go on the Timber Owls mission. Oh, you talk, yeah. He gives you like a magic lamp, and then you like take that to a save point, and you oh, examine I it, and then that. you end up uh, fighting yeah. Diablos. Yes, if you and have, then you get the if, yeah, so yeah. it's it's kind of an out of the way thing. That's right. Yeah, but no, if no, you no. have Diablos, mm-hmm. and if you've been leveling up Diablos well, you can get the encounter none ability at ah, this point. Ah, yes, that's where you're going. So yeah. you can turn the battles off, anyways. I, I don't know. I just don't know. I just all I know is that it's very annoying to run around the same loop. Like twelve times all the way up, and all then the oh, up. now we got to go all the way back down, and then now mm-hmm. we got to go all the way back up again, and then it's, yep, yep. and so yeah, they I end up that. just skipping that. So you just you're out, and then you drive those like uh, those no, Jeep RVs things or, whatever, or yeah. RVs, and then you we have a new crossroads, yeah. yeah, and you see the missile silo base mm-hmm. out there in the distance firing missiles from Galbadia. Towards uh, Trabia, Trabia Garner. Yeah, towards Trabia Garner, which is where Selfie originally That's was training. That's where she's from. She transferred from Trabia to Balan Garden. Right. So she comes from Trabia, and she's all worried about it. So this is where, um, like, the the mission itself, I don't think there's much to talk about with, like... How they infiltrate and get yeah, the missiles. Yeah, a couple to, yeah, of, yeah. like, there are a couple of quirks to it that maybe we'll get into, but I think that this, what's more important about this sequence and everything moving forward from here is that we continually have people pressuring Squall into being a leader, into yes. making decisions. And he keeps thinking to himself, he, I didn't ask for this. He is starting to resent the yes, leadership he role. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want people to, to depend on him. Yeah. He, he's very much a, a, an individualist in that mm. aspect. Like everyone just care and, about and yourselves, instance, worry about yourselves. They're telling him to split up the parties, saying, yeah. hey, who goes where and who does what? And he's like, you do what you yeah. want. Like earlier in the game, he seemed at least open or, or yeah. to being a leader. Because the stakes weren't as high. Selfie's no. hometown didn't just get destroyed. Exactly. And he needs to like. I think what he says. It's a weirder. It's a different situation. Did I write down what he said? He said, um, "What if something happens to the yes. people that I pick to go in that right. group?" He doesn't want the responsibility of yes. their deaths on his hands. If something goes wrong. He's starting yeah. to really, really resent the, the burden of leadership. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of starts right here the first time. But all throughout this disc, Sid, everyone at yes, the garden, all of a sudden Sid. everyone's just like, Squall, you have yeah. to make the choice. You have yeah. to do it. You tell us what to do. And he's like, I get that. I can, I can identify with that. To, I don't want this at all anymore. I yeah. do not want it. Why me? Yeah. And there's a there's a part um, later on in the disc where I think it's uh, Renoa is saying, "Hey, you just so you know, everyone likes you. Yeah. Everybody likes you, and they look up to you. And even even you 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 know us, the the player playing the game doesn't really get that so much because yeah. Squall feels like such a loner. And as you're playing the game, 
you're you're that's just kind of how he is, right? Yeah. And people know you, but nobody's like going out of their way to talk to you, or but you you don't know why you don't feel like you're this this hotshot other than you make it to seed, and everyone wants that, so they clap, and that's cool. Um, but you you find out later through Renoa that everyone really does look up to him for whatever reason. You don't even really know why. He sure as heck doesn't know why. Yeah. But everyone really likes him and looks up to him and sees him as a leader, whether he likes it or not. And they kind of always have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's been oblivious to that. Yeah. I feel like he just hasn't known that because he, he hangs out by himself. Yeah. And he doesn't get to know people. He doesn't talk to people. He doesn't find out what people think of him. Yeah. And and he's finding out now yeah. that everyone thinks that he's got the stuff to be the leader. And, and now he's finding this out, and he really still just wants to be alone. Yeah. And, and this is all deeply psychological, like his reasons for this, right? It's, it's right. based oh, in that, trauma. It's based in yeah. his past, and we'll, we'll get into that. We do see some of that in flashbacks. Later yeah. on. But like there's, it's more than just a not wanting the burden. I mean, that's in and of itself a reason not to want leadership. But there's, there's a deeper, like deeper, deeper emotional, psychological reason for him to resist this. Yes. And to want to just worry only about himself. And th- all throughout this disc, that the, the layers on that reason begin to be peeled off mm-hmm. um, in his interactions with, with the party as they try to, like, loosen him up. Yeah. Any means necessary, just mm-hmm. get him to, like, freaking take a step back and take mm-hmm. a breath and just calm down and just open up a little he bit. He does one or two times in this disc, he does have his little outbursts. Yeah. You know, he kind of freaks out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that that happens when you do what he does and keep everything inside. So they split up into two parties. One is going to go back to warn Balam of these yes. missiles that are coming. The other is going to try to stop it or affect the, the missile launch to some degree yeah. to try and save Balam. So they, they split up and Squall goes with this party. Selfie kind of leads this party and goes this yeah. way, I think. I think Selfie has to go to I, the, Yeah, um, I think, I didn't try this, but I feel like I've tried it in the past where you, you try not to, you try to put her in your party in, and she objects yeah. and you have to redo so it So Selfie has to go this way, Squall has I, to go rem- this way. I don't know, I don't know if that's exactly the case, but I believe that's I, what That's happens. what I remember, but I might be yeah. wrong. I just always put Selfie in this group. I know, it ever since my, yeah. Um, but, so, it's a pretty funny little sequence. Now, here, the goofiness of this infiltration works. I think it works. Um, I think it works very well. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I like it. It's funny. Like, the dialogue is really funny. The one thing about it that is really weird, or that stands out to me, is that there is, you finally get into, like, the computer system to, like, affect the launch, and they have built into the software, like... An error an rate? An error yes. rate. <laughs> You, you, you've do built you want into to the miss your target? Yes. <laughs> you, I want How to badly in- do you want to miss? Do, 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 I want do, to yeah. increase the chance of error in the accuracy of my missile launch. Uh-huh, what the fuck? I love that. And as I, was, as I was raising the error rate, I was like, what, what is what this? What is this? <laughs> this is so weird. Why not just, uh, ha- why not just say, like, uh, I don't know, um, Disconnect something inside of the missile, or or change its coordinates. Send like it into GPS. the ocean, yeah, yeah, sure. or something like that. Something like that, to where it still gets launched, but it's not going exactly where. You so, know. the only reason why this mm-hmm. exists is because they want the missiles to actually reach Balam for the scene where exactly. it then activates and moves out of the way, right? Yeah. They want that exciting sequence. So, so just, you feel like just you did something because so the mission fails. Just make it so it's too late. They get yes. there, like, okay, we're going to cancel launch. Oh, crap, it's too late. They've been too launched late. already. Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> Why the, make an error? <laughs> Why build an it, error? It doesn't feel like it matters. As you watch the missiles go, no. and it's like, oh, they're they're going to miss, though. Oh, they're going right towards it. Like, it's, what the heck? The air yeah. raid didn't even matter. Didn't right? matter at all. Didn't matter at all. 
But what I think is funny is that this was pretty goofy, and they just got lucky in that they were able to pose as engineers and you know yeah. technicians and get into all the things. And but it but it didn't work. All their goofiness basically didn't work because they didn't like verify that people were dead (laughs) and the people just kind of the missiles get launched anyways and that's a fitting result to the mission that they performed yes (laughs) it's like they go in the job that they they did the little competence they had exactly for the mission and the the two second thought before what are we going to do planning you know just non-existent planning (laughs) <laughs> but, but they wreak havoc. Yeah. They just completely screw up the whole base, but the missiles still get launched. Yes. And, and they essentially fail. Not only that, they start to initiate a self-destruct sequence yeah. and then get suckered into staying so. on the base and it's locked and they can't leave. <laughs> I thought that was really funny because, it, again... It's, it's fitting. It fits, though. It makes sense that this stupid yeah. plan turned out like this. Yes. We, we commented last week about the nature of some of these sequences feeling like they came from the mind of a, a, a teenage writer or something, yeah, right? The, yeah. In every spy movie we made, it didn't matter what the mission was. You <laughs> had to plant a, a bomb to, yes. to blow up the base. <laughs> yeah. Like you and had then, to you had to blow up the base. Ten minutes, you got to get out. And yeah. then you have to run out and you have, yeah. every base yep. that a, a, a yep. special agent infiltrates must also be destroyed before. <laughs> I, think, I think it's like GoldenEye 64 or something where yeah. you got to put the mines on and it, leave. Yeah. I think it, every I think mission it comes into from that. that. Yeah. Every mission you got to blow up the base yeah. before you leave. It's so like, that's what it felt like again uh-huh. was... Like, why do you have to destroy this missile base? Like, what's the... Anyways, they do it, and uh, they can't get out in time, and that explosion was immense. It was very large. Nothing is surviving that. At the time that we still (laughs) saw them and the explosion simultaneously, they were not in a safe place. There's... I I don't (laughs) care even if they did get into that tank. I know. That tank is melted in an instant from likely, Very likely, very likely. Nothing would survive Or at least it would be launched into space or something. It would be gone. (laughs) Like, you'd be knocking around inside of it. There's no surviving that explosion. But but at the same time, there are are a few elements of that um, infiltration mission that I I thought were, like, kind of cool and pretty fun, right? Yeah. And so... You know, and as you're sneaking around, like none of it's realistic, and it ends exactly how it should end. But sure. it, I didn't feel like it was a waste of time the way yeah. I did it with other things. I felt like it was an interesting, yeah, was you fun. know, experiment. And they, we tried; it didn't work, and we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. But you know, it was it's a fun fitting. sequence. I, fun. I, I definitely like it. It's that margin of error that was just threw me off a little bit. Yeah. And then yeah. Just a totally. <laughs> and it didn't matter anyway. There's just yeah. nothing that can convince me that they survived that explosion. It's just yes. not possible. Yes. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. care this is Final Fantasy and, and, <laughs> and Cloud can survive falling from the top plate onto a bed of flowers. <laughs> That's right. I don't even care about that being a common, a, acceptable yeah. thing in Final Fantasy. No one is surviving that explosion. It was There's right no way. there. It was right in front of their faces <laughs> as it was happening. It was right there. Oh man. Anyways, the missiles get launched and it's really cool. You see them like winding yeah. through the clouds and going over the ocean mm-hmm. and like approaching, approaching the garden. And oh, but um, And then when you get back with Squall and company, gets there. it's all in chaos. So Once there's again. a whole like civil war happening inside the garden between yeah. the garden faculty and, and the, who they're referring the to as the the master, the garden master yes. versus the headmaster Sid and the students who follow him. They're all yes. battling each other. They're and battling. And we don't it's know like, what's going on. Find the headmaster, and mm-hmm. the order is to kill him. If you find, if you see him, yeah. kill him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the students, or most of the students, are like, we're not doing that. But yeah. some students kind of, yeah. so I don't know why they would, but for whatever reason, they, they side with... They side with the guard master the and the faculty. The guard keepers, yeah. 
And so they're all fighting. You're running around there. You're fighting people, trying to find where Sid is. You're going from room to room to room, trying to find him. Yeah. Um, it's actually a pretty long sequence. It's, it's, it's a quite little long. too long in my it opinion. It is too long, yeah. Um, because you have to go to the right, you have to go to the infirmary and... Um, and then you go to the library and then you go to the... Yeah. Uh, and you got to save the kids explore and, the thing. and look around and it's, it's, and it's a cafeteria. A and each, lot of battles. Each place you go, it's like, oh, we... Um, you know, He's not we, here. We grouped students here to make them think he'd be here. Yeah. At one point, there's a hologram of. Sam, yeah. Right? Is like, They're like, is that cool that we programmed this? <laughs> ha, he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> so you so like wild goose chase yeah. after wild goose chase, trying to find him. You get rewards, but it's just yeah. very long. And where he is, is in his own crazy. office. <laughs> he's just in his office the <laughs> whole time. Laughing. I was like, oh my gosh, I forget. <laughs> hey, I played this game a year or two or two or three years ago, but I still forget this stuff and how <laughs> yeah. he's like, huh, oh, we, we made it seem like he was in hiding, but he was really just here the he's whole just time. He's like, hiding oh, in plain gosh. sight the whole time, right? No one checked. Are you kidding me? This is, this is ridiculous. It's really silly. Yeah. Uh, but then he tells you about some sort of secret capability that the garden has that nobody In really knows what it yeah. does, right? Yeah. But this key really will old. get you down there, mm-hmm. go find out what's happening, and activate it or And once again, out. Squall's like, I don't know anything about this. Yeah. Why am I the why one? Why am I always why? the one? And Sid's why like me? limping, okay, he can't do it himself, but still, why, Squall is like, why? I have no idea what this is. Why? Yeah. Why me? Now, I do want to say that this will eventually be explained, particularly in Sid's case, mm. why he's always appointing yes. Squall yes. to be a leader, why he's yeah. kind of pushing him in this direction. Mm-hmm. And like, because so, it's, it's really weird when you think about it. Sid is the headmaster of the garden. And right after this sequence, he basically gives away all authority to Squall. As the headmaster. Uh, to as, a teenager. Yeah. Yes. And he's just like, I defer to you from now on, bye-bye. I'm yeah. no longer in control of anything. And it's just like, And he's what? like, what do I do? And they're like, Why? whatever you want to do. Like, it, it, uh, he, he basically hands yeah. the destiny of the garden and into Squall's hands. I get why from a gameplay standpoint, because you're the one controlling the, the ship. And you're going around. You're yeah. no longer, the, the story becomes a lot less linear at that point. Yeah. And you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, and so they they exemplify that by or sim- symbolize it, I guess. It symbolize you, the player, gaining control by yeah. giving Squall control yeah, over the garden, the garden because to move the garden, around. yeah. But he goes down to the basement, and I, f- I thought this is where we find the Garden's Keeper, but it's not this point. It's uh, you just go through this crazy maze where. The detail is so good on these backgrounds. Yeah. But at the same time, it's hard for me to know where to go. Which, this, what you can interact with. And yeah. par- part of Fisherman's Horizon are, were parts where I was like, where am I, first of all? Because yeah. you're in a different part of the screen. Yeah. And where where do I go from yeah. here? Because everything looks really detailed, and you, you feel like you can go anywhere. But as you start moving, you realize you, you can only go certain places. You can't go on this or that. Yeah. But that was part of it in the basement of the, of yeah. the garden. I was like, gosh, man. Now, I, I, I love the the style that these PlayStation Final Fantasy games have with the pre-rendered backgrounds and the fixed camera angles. Yes. I love that. Me too. I love that style. But the downside to it is that it is kind of hard to know what you can and exactly. cannot interact with. Yeah. And I, Especially I had, when things look so real. Yeah, I had always like should. I had always assumed that Final Fantasy VII was the worst of the three examples. Okay. Because um, I've played it the most. There are a couple of screens that in particular I know of where even to this day I'm like... The train just, graveyard was one for me. Please freaking yeah. walk onto that uh-huh, thing. Yeah. And it's kind of just hard to get him to do what you want. Yeah. And, and sometimes the directional pad is really screwed up where yes. you're pressing up, but he's running like to the side Up almost. and left, yeah, like, like and, diagonally. And so like, 
and, and in between screens, on one screen, they have you running straight, and it's and it feels straight, and then you're running straight, but he just like runs down, and so it's like <laughs> yeah. you, you have to orient on almost every screen, every single screen after to like reorient the directions. Yeah, so and that's difficult, but. But in FF8, it's I feel like it's even worse. Yeah. And I'm saying this while simultaneously playing FF7 and FF8 at the same time. Ah, really? Like, and, and it, it really started to stick out to me in the same place. Like, I just don't know where I can run. Yeah, or, where or, can you go? And the so, rules aren't for sure. I, I say this only as a caveat to my continual pleading that some indie developer, please make a game do like this, this someday. Do this like this again. Like, even though it's weird, we, I love it. I really This do is like the it. one downside to it. This is, is the like, downside. There are some maps where it's hard yeah. to know where you can walk and not and what you can interact with mm. and where my, like, some ladder way in the background is what you can climb yes. on, but it's hard to even tell that is a ladder. <laughs> but here's the thing, that's not the only ladder in the background. There's right. three there's or like four three, others, and which you, one that is the one. one is the one. Yeah, and there's like a million yeah. ladders during the sequence. So, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree But eventually that. you get to this really old, like, you remember the, um, you remember the movie Prometheus? Yes. When they get into that old ancient battleship yes. that would have crashed. Yes. That Similar is feeling. what it felt like, you yeah. know, and you get to these instruments and they do not look like modern computer instruments. Like yeah. it looks very, very different. Yeah. Um, and Squall just kind of knocks things around. <laughs> Eventually he gets a turbine or what I, I call it a turbine. I don't know what Whatever it is. It is so Some energy generator starts, starts to spin and that starts this whole process. But and the garden is mobile. Yep. It moves out of it the way. It flies. The missiles miss and you're able to... The missiles miss. The missiles miss. They miss. <laughs> Isn't that that's yeah. funny? Uh, anyways, um, so that that's you know good sequence overall. A little long in my opinion, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, it was but, fun. I liked uh, it though. I liked the insurrection at the Ballon Garden too because I didn't think that was possible. Like it didn't yeah. make sense to me that that was happening, and that the 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 powers that be within Garden were turning against each other. Because yeah. you, you don't even know until later on that there is a grounds or a garden, sorry, a garden master, a garden master, yeah. who is kind of pulling the strings. You know some things, but you don't know the full extent. Um, yeah. And I actually thought it was really cool. Yeah. And it kind of exemplifies human nature a little bit. As much as I say, oh, who would act, who would side with the gardens master who they don't even know yeah. over their headmaster who's like been with them for years and is like their teacher. But people become tribal, and especially mm-hmm. we see this with um, Cipher and um, right. Raijin and, Raijin and Fujin. And Fujin. Yeah. Um, how whatever side, if one person happens to go one side or the other, say they don't like the headmaster, people follow them. And, yeah. and factions and tribes start to develop, right? Yeah. And so it just kind of happens naturally. It's just a yeah. natural thing that happens. Totally. There's a, totally there's a power true. vacuum, and then people start to vie for power. It just happens. And there are going to be some students and that don't really like Sid, you know? Exactly. Like, don't like the way he leads, yeah. don't like Or maybe, oh, Cypher didn't... Cypher didn't get promoted to seed, right? Yeah. And so whoever, he had a lot of people that were around him, they may not feel the headmaster is, is qualified anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that that's I actually good. really liked it. I also really liked the scene where, uh, we, we kind of blew over this a minute ago, but um, where Squall is essentially talking to Sid and like questioning why he's being chosen. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, Sid continues to try to, prod him about like, well, what do you feel about this? Is, do you have reasons for feeling <laughs> yeah, this way? But he can't express And his in feelings. his mind, he lists yeah. probably like 12 yes, reasons. a bunch, yeah. So like we know yeah. Squall feels some pretty intensely and passionately yeah. about these yeah. things, right? He, he, he's starting to really, his emotions are beginning to boil. Yeah. And this is 100% true of introverted, aloof types. Yes, of course, yes. Where 
you you have these strong feelings, mm. but you keep them to yourself, and you keep them to yourself, and you don't express them, and you just let them continue to pile on each other over and over and over again to the point where you essentially just blow up, right. and you just you can't, can't contain it anymore, stress, and you just yeah. and you start taking that all out on somebody who doesn't deserve it because they, they might be uh, pushing your buttons a little bit, yeah. but it does not merit that kind of yeah. reaction. But they don't know that it's been a year. But this is this <laughs> has been exactly a, yeah. a year of withholding yeah. all this inside of yourself, burying it, you know, uh, pushing it down, and they're actually doing a really good job in this game of showing that slow boil of Squall's yeah, emotions. Because yeah. as you read his minds, he starts to list more and more things that he doesn't like or whatever. Yeah. And you start to read his thoughts more and more. His yeah. thoughts are interjecting in everything. And he, he, he says, like, I don't know, a bunch of things in his mind about, yeah. like, why he, uh-huh. you know, his problems. But, but what, then, what is the word he what says he out loud? What he says is, my feelings have nothing to do with it. Yes, Exactly. And I thought that was really good. That yeah, was really it's well done. Absolutely. Because you're, you're true. reading, you don't know. Because at first I was like, we're listing a bunch of things, I'm going to pick one. You know, I'm going to decide yeah. which one am I going to say. But it all comes down to nothing because all he's willing to say is, my feelings don't matter. And that's clearly a lie. And he yeah. starts to realize that he's contradicting himself yeah. throughout this disc, mm-hmm. especially towards the end. He's like, he realizes that he can't do it alone, but this is this is all part of it. And he's he's becoming more and more internally emotionally volatile. Like yeah, yeah. he's starting to outburst inwardly more, a lot more. more. Yeah, more and often. that's going to lead to uh, what we're not going to get into today, yeah. but the beginning of disc three. Yeah, a, a whole discussion about like why he decides to do what he does at that point. Yeah, um, which actually is makes quite. It's starting to sense. make more sense to yeah. me when I'm paying attention to things like this. Mm-hmm. Like they really do lead up to this yeah. in a way that. Is, is convincing in my opinion. Yeah. So um, so he's the new headmaster. He's the new headmaster, basically. Well, problem being, they the don't know how leader. to steer the ship, right? They, they, I think they end up giving a title, and he thinks it's really silly that they're giving him a title. They're calling right. him a captain or a commander. Yeah, I think like I think Quistus says, you're the commander now. He's like, commander? Like, what, what are you talking about? And they're like, just go with it. Just listen, you're commander now. Um, but uh, Renoa comes by, you wake up, she wants you to give her a tour of the, the garden. Ah, uh, yes. Um, and so you're doing that, you're going around, uh, showing her stuff. And uh, it, it's really funny because she's, she's clearly testing the waters here a little bit with Squall. Yes. Trying to see, is there a potential yeah. here? Yes. I kind of yes. like you. She's yeah. trying really hard to flirt. Uh-huh. She's trying really hard to get him to loosen up. To, to yeah. like, you know, not be so closed off. And he, his his <laughs> his tour of this garden is very it's, it's just dry dry. And, um, this is this stiff. This is this. Yeah, yeah. Over there's the library. This yeah. is the cafeteria. And she's like, um, could you like make this more fun? <laughs> and, he's and he's like, like what do you want from? What me? do you want me to do? You you yeah. were the one who wanted me to give you this tour. Do you want me to or not? Yeah, like this yeah. is this is. This is what mm-hmm. it is. And she's like, fine. And mm-hmm. like, you'll go in and like see a scene with Zell once again not being able to get hot dogs in time in the cafeteria. <laughs> and you know, he explains uh, how so hot dogs funny. are, you know, they're hard to come by in here. And yeah. Anyways, in the course of doing this, uh, this is kind of the first time. I mean, she's alluded to it. She's, she said, you know, you're the, you're, uh, the best looking guy here. Yes, she, she but likes she him to had, some She wasn't necessarily coming on to Squall yet. Right. She was more a little bit torn about her feeling about Cypher. But like right. this is the first time where she's really starting to show some interest, particularly in Squall. Yes. And he is clueless, and he, he doesn't has no care. Idea. He has no idea. <laughs> he, he, yeah. Well, 
he, I think he does know, he does, at least later, there you, hear, is a you see a thought later. where he's like, it's really obvious that, that everyone's trying, trying to get us together. Get us together yeah. So I think he, he knows he it, that. but he's clueless as to how, how to, what to do about it. Right, he's clueless as to how he even feels about it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this is what everyone else wants, this is what she wants. What do I want? Doesn't matter what I want. Yeah. That's like his thinking. It's like, doesn't matter what I want. I just, I don't get attached to people. And he matter. seems to think that she's kind of an annoying person. Yes, anyways. he does. But that, I like that they're actually building that up because as you mentioned with disc three, um, the way that he thinks initially something is annoying is, you know, maybe, you know, there's there's different, you, you become endeared to somebody's annoying nature yeah. after a while. Oh, after, you know, it's time. like at first you're like, oh, they're bugging me. But you know, at some point, it's like, man, I wish they would. I wish they bug me again. Like there, there's that to, saying: um, familiarity breeds contempt, or, or isn't that what it is? Um, uh, I don't know the specific one. What is that saying? Anyways, the whole idea of it is that the longer you're in a marriage, soon, like you start yes. to, you start to like, yeah. uh, like this person is. It's really yeah. annoying that these quirks about this person. Yes. But there's also kind of the opposite of that too, where. Mm. A person, um, the more familiar you become with them, where initially you thought it was really annoying, you start to become endeared to those qualities. Exactly. And uh, that, that can definitely be true uh, for a lot of relationships. And I think Squall, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of dealing, he just doesn't know what to think of Renoa. He, yeah. really, he, he can't take her seriously because ever since he met her in Timber, she's just not someone he can take seriously because yeah. of how she is. Right. right. She's spur of the moment. She's you know she's bubbly. She likes to have fun, and he just doesn't you know he's not he's not really sure about her. Yeah. But the next time she goes up to him, and the first time it's like, hey, give me a tour. The second time she's like, do you want to go for a walk? And he's like, I already gave you a tour. She's like, I know, but I don't. I just want to go for a walk with you. Like, <laughs> like she she she's she's trying harder to like not put any pressure on him. Even like give me a tour was apparently too much pressure for yeah. him to be able to just be natural and relax. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, now let's just walk. Like, pressure's off. You don't even have to say a word to me. Like, let's yeah. just go walk somewhere. And of course, she's going to try to talk to him. But he's just like, can't you walk yourself? You know? Like, <laughs> he, he's, he's really not getting it, but it's, it's intentional. He's trying yeah. not to get it. Well, then here's another element that I think is important to keep in mind, especially as we come to what happens right at the beginning of disc three for next time. Um, a lot of the way that whoever is playing the game is going to understand Squall's feelings for Renoa will actually depend on the options they select when uh. they're given choices for what to say. Because there are lots mm. of times where you can have a warmer response to Renoa or you can have a very cold response to Renoa. Mm. And, and if you are always choosing the cold responses, it can be very stark when he starts yeah. to develop feelings for her. It can I feel see, like it I comes completely out of nowhere. However... That's a danger of giving players choice. Exactly. Yeah. If you had chosen the warmer responses, you it might have seen some spark Although, there. there right? is, you know what's funny, though? There is this one part, and I can't remember what it is. It's on disc two. Um, I, well, you know what? It's later. We're going to get to it later, but it's where it's with Selfie, where Squall actually does attempt to offer her some kind of condolence for yeah. her situation 
and immediately she she no I don't it, I don't think it was there yet I think it was for her um for her her concert her, that yeah. she wants to put on yeah and he goes and offers her some type of condolence and she goes whoa Squall is actually like being nice and understanding towards me I must really look depressed <laughs> like, and it makes yeah. her feel worse yeah because he was like that to her because yeah. she she realizes how pitiful she's being because he's never oh is that, that where you can either choose to try to console or have yes um, or have or have um, the shotgun uh, guy Irvine do it Irvine yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's that okay. point. So th- there's a lot of things. But, by but when you do do that, and even to the characters, even to Selfie, she's like, that's not like you, Squall. Like, yeah. That's a weird, you're being weird. Well, and, and this is this is where, like, I, I, I do get the desire because role-playing games had this divergence in Japan and in the West where we give players lots of choice yes, about who yeah, the character yeah. is versus you we're trying to tell a story a here story, yeah. with a, an established set of characters yeah. with their own personalities, but we still want to have like elements of role-playing in it. Mm-hmm. So we want to give them choices, but I think it hurts the game specifically here yeah. in Squall's development and his arc and his yeah. relationship with the people around him. Because, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm serious. It's, it's particularly evident in these particular scenes with Renoa. Yeah. These first initial, her trying to initiate something yeah. with him. Because if you choose the cold responses, Which I have... I tend to. I have... Because it feels in line with who he is. With him. So if, if, I was, right? if I was putting myself onto Squall, I'd choose the nice answers. Yes. But I'm trying to play as him, and it feels yes. more natural to choose to the cold choose answers. To choose the cold responses. Yes. And if you do yeah. that, if you choose the cold answers... I have not one clue what she could possibly ever see in him. She would be so turned off yeah. by him that yeah. she would be like, this guy's a freaking jerk. Right. I don't like him anymore. He's hot, but whatever. Like, he's, <laughs> he won't. He's just really mean. Right. But if you choose the warm responses, it's a totally different situation. Mm. Because especially the second time when she comes back and she's like, hey, let's go for a walk. Go and for she, a walk. she just tries to be cute about it. Yeah. Your majesty, your highness, like, <laughs> can yeah. I please, yeah. you know, he's the give leader, this right? humble request to right. like accompany me. Mm-hmm. I chose the cold answer where yeah. he's like, this is stupid. And he goes back to the bed and lays down. She says, okay, fine. I guess I'll see you later. And she mm-hmm. walks away. That would be the end of That it. would be the <laughs> end of that relationship yeah. from here on out, I would think. Uh, yeah. But if you choose to be to play along, <clears throat> he, it's a little bit, just even if it's just a sliver of his heart opening up, she would then take that as Sure. And this is Yeah. I'm not trying to speak for all women or anything like that by saying this, but it is something I have seen a commonality among the women I have known. There is this fantasy of taking the bad boy and turning him and good, turning yeah. him into <clears throat> yes a good boy <laughs> that yes. that it's like ooh I'm he's he's mysterious and sexy and that part of him and I like but he's maybe I can be the one to break down his but wall I, yes and get and, to know the and real that's thing. going yeah. to validate how desirable I am right. right I got this person who was who would never accept anyone else into their heart right I got them to accept me into their heart if Squall goes with her and plays along, even just in the little tiny bit that he's capable of at this point. She's going to see that sliver of an opening and the fantasy will just blow up out of control. And she'll be like, okay, I have to win now. And and you feel like that is happening, but for some players that isn't because they're only choosing But if he completely shuts her out, she's going to start wanting to look elsewhere. That's what I feel. Um, That would be logical. It would be really good if there are other uh, uh, women who are watching the podcast to get some perspective from, from girls on this. What do they like think 
about yeah. why does Renoa like Squall <laughs> if you choose the cold answers, right? A, a lot of women do like Final Fantasy VIII, specifically yeah. relative to, you know, a lot they of like the romance in it, right? They, they like that particular part of it. And so clearly there is something there. Maybe when they play it, they choose the warmer answers. I don't know. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're trying to be Squall, it makes more sense to choose the colder yeah. answers. Chrissy was watching me while I was streaming a little bit of this part. Because yeah. you go into the infirmary and um, Dr. Katawaki or whatever her yeah, name is, Katawaki. she's like, oh, is this your girlfriend? You know, teasing him. Yeah. And he, you can say yes or like right. no way, right? Well, and, and she's <laughs> like, I, I would say no way, right? Yeah, because, yeah that's but, how he would say it. But if you say like, yes... Oh, come on, can't you just pretend for two seconds? That's okay. what she says if you say no. If you say no. Yeah. If you say yes, she's like, wait a minute. Are you being serious? Because I'm going to take you seriously if you say yes. And you can say yes again. Oh, wow. And she's like, oh, wow. Like, I never would have. And then he's like, I'm yes, I'm seriously joking or something like that. <laughs> but still. Which is meant that, to be playful, probably. It's warm and, warm and playful, I It's guess. meant to be yeah. playful and teasing, I guess. Right. Right? So, like, again, to two completely dramatically different ways of how you can yeah. view Squall and Renoa's budding relationship. Right. It can either be Squall being just 100% cold in which and distant really and shut out. Unhealthy. That could reflect some daddy issues on Renoa's part, yeah. though, that, that she has with her father, given that she will still pursue someone who's that cold. I guess there's probably something there's, to that. There might Maybe be. there is, <laughs> there right? There might be. Um, but I guess my point is just to say that how you view the romance of this story mm -hmm. really depends so much on how you choose to yeah. speak to her. So if they didn't give us that freedom, the story would make more sense. It would be much yeah, better. I, I feel if I they agree. just let him do all the warm responses. What I would believe it way more. What do you think the game gains by having a variety of responses versus what they lose? A sense of role playing. That's right. it. Literally, that's all. And, and it's not even much because I... I don't know. I feel like the, the, whenever you try to change your answers or whatever, or you say something else, yeah, the next bo dialogue box will be different. But for the most part, everything else just continues on how it was. You're not yeah. actually changing anything. Exactly. It's like so one it helps a little bit with interactivity. Yeah. But I end up always choosing the cold answers anyways because that's how I feel Squall is. Yeah. And so you, I, don't, I don't welcome, I don't feel that that's a very valuable um, gift, you know, versus the, the it, cost. It doesn't... Um, of not it doesn't. The story. Um, it's not conducive yeah. to this story they're trying to tell to give you yeah. options there. Yeah. It would be more conducive to take that option away and right. make Squall be like this. And just you just go to the next box. Yeah. And you can still say yes or no, I guess. But in terms of how mean you are, because sometimes the cold answer does make sense as to how he's feeling at that time. Yeah. At that point. Especially right? in disc one when he's like, especially in disc one. Why the freak? And and, yeah. You people are completely unorganized, mm -hmm. and we really the don't like the way you're doing this. wouldn't work well right. for that. But then at other places, the warm answer does. But I have a hard time judging exactly how Squall's feeling at that time, because sometimes you learn later on in that conversation that he's going to have another meltdown and blow up. Yeah. But you didn't know that at the beginning, and so you picked the, the, you know, a different answer. Anyways, mm. it would make a lot more sense. I don't feel like you gained much yeah. either. So, so I'd rather have that game. Maybe you could reprogram it to only yeah. pick certain answers. That would be interesting. So for those of you who are playing the game for the first time, yeah. like alongside us. This and, and is good to know. This is something you should know. Yeah. Um, leading into some like big payoffs coming up in the, rom in the romance side of FF8. Yeah. I would personally suggest choosing the warm answers for Squall yeah. in his interactions with her. Sure. 
throughout the rest of the game, yeah. through disc two and throughout the rest of the game. Because it's the only way that this relationship really starts to mm. bloom in a way that is convincing to me. Um, Sounds about right. So anyways, one other thing I want to say about the, the garden there while you're going around is you go into the library and the girl from the beginning of the game oh, is yeah. sitting there mm-hmm. um, at the back side and you can talk to her a little bit and she... she um, well, because that white boat comes up, right? Well, after, it's actually, you can do it before then. So it's you have to find then. her okay. after the boat comes up. But you can actually find her before that happens. I wonder if I did or not. I don't think I did. And uh, talk to her a little bit. Um, and she, she essentially, um, I'm trying to remember when, because there are two different points we talked to her. But at one point she starts to suggest, like, I really wish, I really hope you would remember me, right? Like, try mm. to remember who I am, please. Like, right. it, it would really hurt my feelings if... I was completely forgotten by you and, right. and others. And so there's this suggestion again. I do remember that. That like yeah. they've lost their memories yes. somehow. As we thought, or as we mentioned earlier with the GF. Which is, which is the criticism of using yeah. GF, that it would it, it affect your even, memory. Even as they are realizing they're losing memories, they still don't initially accept that it's the GF. So yeah. like, no, that's just propaganda. Yeah, it's so just, they don't yeah. really get that. And, and But we're seeing more and more yeah. evidence that like something's wrong with Squall's memory mm-hmm. and this girl that he should know, you know, it doesn't know her. Anyways, yeah. you go and you find but Sid I believe, eventually. I believe at several points, up to I, I think I'll mention it at this point because I'm pretty sure at least by this point we he has had at least one of these dreams of himself in on a rainy, stormy night where he's like crying. Yes. And he's saying, Sis, yeah, I miss you, but I'll be strong without you. you yeah. Know? Exactly. Those parts get to me actually. That's like because it's just this kid. He looks like maybe five, maybe. Yeah, he's really young. And, you know, it's all rainy, and he's just, like, alone. And you don't know exactly his situation, but it's, it has it, happened. That, let's say, we'll, we'll get to this later, but it's, it's happened several times where he visualizes himself as a little kid being abandoned. He's alone yeah. in the rain. So, yeah, and he's talking about sis. Sis, some some big sis has gone away. Has gone and he's, somewhere, he's or tra- has died trying to promise her, I'll be okay. I'll make it on my own. I'll yeah. take care of myself. Right, but he is obviously struggling. Uh, well, he's like with five. His he's like a little kid, right? Yeah. So we're starting to see that yeah. onion get peeled back a little bit. The yes. layers, right? And we see um, the beginning of his troubles. It's not anything recent. It yeah. goes way back, way to his back. Childhood. And he can't remember a lot of it, but right. he remembers this particular scene in the rain. Yeah. And so she's, you know, pleading with him to try to remember. Um, but, uh, okay, so a couple more things happen in the garden. One is uh, you go find cities down in the basement. He's oh, yeah. arguing with somebody. Yes. He's very he's upset. He's shouting, yeah. He's calling him a son swearing, of a bitch. Yeah, and like, just this whole big Very mess. out of character for him. Yeah, he, he, very. He, very embarrassing for him yeah. to be seen in that. Because well, he's like, oh, you shouldn't have seen me. Like He didn't yeah. know you were there watching. Yeah. And so you find out that the garden master is this... Giant Shumi you don't person. Know what, he's the first Shumi that you meet. <laughs> that you see in the game. And that's fascinating that that's the choice they made, yeah. was to have him be the first, because yeah. he is a counter example to who, who how that the Shumi is. are. Yeah. yeah. But he is just this slob, like this <laughs> absolute job of the hut, just yeah. this absolute mess of a person. Slimy, uh, greedy, yes. uh, power hungry guy. And doesn't even really have good grammar. No. Who, <laughs> the way he, he talks is hysterical. It's really weird how, how he talks. How did someone like that become a powerful I don't know. person? But, I always wondered that about Jabba the Hutt, too, though. In all fairness. But he funded this garden. Yes, right? he had a lot of money. So Sid, and what's revealed is that Sid and Idea yes. 
are married. They're married. Because he says it. He says that blasted married couple. Yeah, that's when it's revealed. And you're like, who? He's like, oh, Adea and the headmaster. Like, are you kidding me? Like, they're married? The sorceress what the freak? and the headmaster. Okay, what's going on with that, right? Yeah. And so the two of them and this Shumi... Uh, what's his name? Norg? Norg. Norg, that's it, Norg. Essentially founded yeah. the garden. And he financed it. Yeah, he financed it, and then the headmaster kind of and dealt they, with all of the they, education they stuff. They founded it for the purpose yes. of defeating the sorceress. Defeating the sorceress. That was the point of C. Yes. And all of these missions they go on are all preparing them Just for the practice. ultimate mission yeah. of defeating the sorceress. Yes. Idea was part of this founding. She helped do it. She yeah. helped set it up on yeah. purpose. To defeat the sorceress. She is now That's the sorceress. That's very fascinating. So it's kind of like, what on earth is going on here? Yes. You fight Norg because he tries because he's going you, to sacrifice you. He wants to deliver you up as the assassins of Idea. Yes. The initial assassins. So mm. he's like, oh, we have we struck a deal with Galbadia Garden. We're going to give up the assassins yeah. to them in return. So that they won't, that they won't kill us. Yeah. 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 So obviously Norg at some point lost focus of the yes. point. And is now trying to run it for his own means. Yep. That's why the garden faculty are always in opposition with Sid. Um, it's because Sid represents the original purpose of yes. Balam Garden, and Norg is trying to co-opt the whole thing and do his own thing and with it. And make lots of money. Apparently, yeah. it's a big, big money maker. A big enterprise for himself. Yeah. So you fight him. I think you kill him. As far as I can <laughs> tell, you literally kill him. I'm, and that is. I think you kill. I think he's dead. I think he's dead. <laughs> And it's like, you, the headmaster was just fighting with this guy. Things yeah. aren't working out. You go up to see the headmaster. You don't even mention that you killed him. <laughs> <laughs> he is dead. That guy, I, he faints and he's just gone. It's not made totally clear because a lot of times in Final Fantasy, you defeat somebody, they just they faint or they, yeah, they're knocked out. Yeah, and I can't out. remember if he shows up later or not, but I'm pretty I sure he I don't remember doesn't. either. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. But I don't remember that, and so that's why I'm confused. It's like, wait, is he dead? We just Did we just that fetching guy? murder. We well, it's not up. really murder; it's self-defense. But still, still, we just killed him. Anyways, I think Norg is dead. It's strange because that was our very first meeting. We never knew who he was. Yeah. As soon as we find out who he was, we kill him. He's gone. He's out of the picture. And yeah. it's it's kind of weird. It's interesting how they chose to uh, go about that story element. Yeah. And then you have the scene where seeds, and this is really where it gets crazy. Idea's seeds. Yeah, show from up Galbadia, yeah. to take Elena yeah, away. Right? Well, they're actually different. They're, no, they're, there's a name. Maybe there's a name of their garden. It may not be Galbadia. I don't know, I but remember. they're they're different seeds, and they they're not are. they're not like they're Idea's seeds, but they're not currently allied with Idea. No, and they're here to take this girl away from Idea. From Idea. Yes. So they're Idea's yeah. seeds who are trying to keep Idea, who is currently right now like number one goal, find this girl. Yeah. That's like her one purpose is to find this girl. And these Idea's seeds are taking her away and keeping her hidden. So it's like and, all these mysteries the are like... And yeah, everything <laughs> together, it's very, very confusing. It's as like, to what's who going the on? sorceress is, why, and why all this stuff is happening. Yeah, a bunch but of yeah, new mysteries this, unfold. This white boat shows up. You think they're here to fight. They're not. And they just want this girl. And she goes willingly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But and and um, this is where you learn that she is. You LNA. learned that she's Elena. Elena from she's the dreams. Twenty-two years old or something. Yeah. She's you know, and she even admits to altering, sending you into the, the past, past, trying or to, to change trying it. to alter the past through their dreams. Yeah. Their trying dream to change thing. what happened. 
And Squall's like, what is your, why are you doing this? Like, what's the point? She's like, I, and she's too vague. She won't say yeah. much. And she's got to go. She's leaving. Yeah. So Squall doesn't have the time to really grill her the way he wants to. Yeah. But he's very concerned that she, so and like, he doesn't okay, know who she is. She has this power to yeah. send people into the past to try to change the past. Change and Idea is after that power. Yes, that power. The sorceress wants the power to change the to past change the somehow. Past. Yeah. And that's like the one thing she's after. But Idea is the sorceress, and Idea also has seeds keeping her away and hidden. So it's mm-hmm. like, hmm, what's going on here? This starts to come to fruition right at the end of the disc. Yeah. Um, but okay, so then the garden crashes into Fisherman's Horizon. Well, I love that scene, by the way. The yeah. fisherman's just He's sitting there. Sitting there fishing. This huge it's like, garden. Uh, uh, <laughs> and they even mention it. You talk to someone in the town, and they're like, you heard of the legendary, the fisherman's master, the master, master fisherman. fisherman. Oh man, I heard that when when your garden showed up, he waited till the very last second to run away before. <laughs> so dedicated. He, to he's fishing. so dedicated to his work. <laughs> it's like oh uh, my god. Fisherman's Horizon is a nice yeah. little kind of um, unwinding, uh, sort of releasing of the tension sequence mm-hmm. in the story. Yeah. Um, a lot of really good funny moments here. A lot of uh, background like that. information that you can get optionally. Um, some of my favorite scenes are like you go into this house and there's a Galbadian soldier that's like harassing the guy. Yes. And he's like, the grease he's like, all right, man, let's step outside and we'll uh-huh. take it out. He's like, all yeah. right, man, I'll meet you out there. And you go outside, the dude never comes out. You go back <laughs> in and he like jumped out the window or something and like ran away. <laughs> you can go back there again with Irvine alone later oh, and the I same guy that. is there and he's like, oh, you're by yourself this time, huh? All right, well, I don't just step outside. And like you go outside and Irvine's like, I don't want to fight because Irvine's more of a lover uh, than, a, yeah, than a fighter, yeah. right? I don't want to go outside. He's like, oh, you're going to fight right now. And so he goes outside. He doesn't come out. You go back in. He's like unconscious on the floor. And the little Moomba the toy, Moomba, yeah, like yeah. It beat him up or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's such a total wuss. There's lots of little funny things like that. I like that, that yeah. Uh, Martin, from, who was originally mm. the, the Galbadian headmaster yeah. of the Galbadian Garden. He's like... He's here now. His life is just in shambles. Yeah, he's down yeah. on his luck. It's a new start. That's kind of what Fisherman's yeah. Horizon is all about. Yes. It's yeah. all about you, you've lost everything. You come here for mm. a new beginning kind of a place. The, I think the idea in general is like you lose... Like, you've got this big empire, and you, you lose your job, and what do you do? You rent a trailer, and you go down by the river, and you just go fishing for yeah. a while. Just to clear your mind, yeah. you know? And that's essentially Fishman's Horizon. It was actually a bunch of, like, technicians and engineers, right? A yep. bunch of, like, builders came mm-hmm. there. Because they were, they were from Esthar originally. Oh, right. They had initially built. If you do all of the, right. mich- the oh, Master Fisherman's side quest, oh, he God. reveals that... I the leader, the mayor, and himself, they came from Esthar. Yes. They were in the government at Esthar. That's and right. And they were That's unhappy right. with like the militaristic direction yeah. that the country was going in. So they left and they founded this town of Fisherman's and Horizon. And Fisherman's Horizon is kind of right along a highway. Yeah, it's a highway that connects the two continents. Esthar, yeah. So from Galbadia so all the way to Esthar, there's this one <clears throat> highway that stretches yeah. all the way across the ocean. And right in the middle of it is, is Fisherman's, Fisherman's Horizon. Horizon. And it's funny, there's, all, there's even a scene later on where there's a... Can't remember who it is. The the father of the kid who wants to become a fisher. Yeah, and he's hilarious. That, that, so that seems really funny. And um, the when you go there with the master fisherman, um, the guy is saying, "Oh, tell him about the founding of this village. How'd you come up for, with the name?" And he's like, "I, I, I thought it sounded good. Thought it's Fisherman's Horizon. <laughs> like, sounds what? pretty cool. I thought he's, it was deeper than that. I thought it was yeah deeper. He's like, <laughs> I thought it was the the horizon of hope when you go fishing. I can't remember what he said. Yeah. And, and the old master fisherman was like. 
Oh yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's because Squall is suggesting yeah, what he thought. I think there was something like that. He's like, you're right. You got it. Nail it on the head or whatever. But he's totally just making it. He's yeah. he's getting old. He's you know he's funny. A lot of good stuff happens. Here. I love it. It's very but, very um, nice. Serene. And the the music. This is one of my favorite. Mm, beautiful. One of my favorite tracks yeah. in the whole series of Final Fantasies, the Fisherman Horizon uh, yeah, like theme, it. because it embodies that feeling, that dual, that kind of duality of this hopeless state you're in, mm-hmm. having escaped a life or, or so, come so far down on your luck or losing everything, but having some kind of hope for the future. Right. It embodies hope and this depression and sadness in this yeah. complete harmony together. Yeah. The, the two feel like they're not at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just this perfect meshing of sadness and hopefulness in yeah. one piece yeah. that represents what Fisherman's Horizon is all about. And it's I, beautiful. E- even the mayor, who, it's funny, because the way they portray him and, you know, the way he portrays himself, I mean, he's a hippie. Yeah. He doesn't want to fight. Completely and thing, pacifist. Absolutely. And even when e- events do happen, as such as um, some Galbadian military show up yeah. at Fisherman's Horizon looking for LNA, yeah. otherwise they're going to burn the whole city down. Yep. And this mayor still refuses to fight. Yeah. And initially... When I first played it, I was like, ah, he's so stupid, you know, because <laughs> he won't fight, but he didn't. He doesn't know that you have to fight. Yeah. Um, but after you, you kind of save him from some of these situations where he's in, he's in big trouble. And he, he says, um, he's like, I, I, I'm not going to say thank you to you. Yeah. I still feel like we, we didn't have to fight. And it's yeah. almost like, um, it's almost like the, the story of somebody who, it's just like sacrificial in a sense. Like the, the goal is more important than the means. Yeah. The ends aren't justified by the means. The, the means are the end. And you have to like actually live that and embody that. Otherwise, Fishman's Mince Rise is like, meaningless. Yeah, you know? it's, like the, it's like the opposite of the consequentialist view where it's like anything we have to do to get to our ends is justified. Is, yeah, it's exactly If we have opposite. to kill, if we have yeah. to whatever... Um, as long as we get this outcome, it's worth it. Yeah. And to him, it's like, no, uh, whatever the outcome is, we must live this exactly. principle because the it's principle the is correct. Yeah. So it's like and the so opposite. If it's like, oh, you view. old stupid old man, we saved your life. Like he, as far as I can tell, he would gladly give his life so that this city can continue to be peaceful. Yeah. Right. Like that's the goal. That's he would consider it a, a good sacrifice. Whereas you know, thinking of it from Squall and everyone else's perspective, like. You're dead, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? What, yeah. What's what's in it for you? But it's beyond that. Yeah. It's it's more about preserving this style that they have, this lifestyle. Right. So that's why they're so hesitant to receive uh, anyone yeah. from seed to begin with, because like you guys are militaristic, <clears throat> you're warmongers. Yeah. We don't want you around you here. Believe in fighting. We'll help fix your garden problems. and then just get out because yeah. we don't want you around here. I. But that's then, right. Because as soon as you first visit the mayor, he's like, I'm gonna be as forward as I can with you. When are you when leaving? Are you leaving? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, uh, you don't like us here, do you? Let's just say that you guys have weapons and yeah. other people with weapons follow people with weapons. Yeah. It's you're not gonna, gonna bring well. you're gonna bring yeah. the fight here. So please leave. Yeah. yeah. So now, even though you can look at the actual e- event and say, Oh, they saved the town from getting burnt or whatever, um, I feel like there's a little more power in the mayor's message than I initially thought he when still I first played the game. Doesn't accept yeah. the violence. He's still despite like, the fact that they, they be safe. Yeah, yeah, you you just like broke our rules, like a job. Yeah. I, I agree with yeah. that. I think it's a good I think it's a good uh, point. Um, but anyway, so 
a lot of good stuff that happens there, but uh, eventually yeah, there's a concert scene. Oh, yeah. Selfie is really feeling down because she wasn't yeah. able to stop the missiles from launching on Trabia. She's yeah. really worried about Trabia Garden. And when, when we crashed into Fisherman's Horizon, I think her whole the stage, stage got collapsed. Broke. Yeah. yeah. And so you're looking for a way to cheer her up. So yeah. Squall and Irvine go over there, and like we said, you can either choose to have Irvine do it, yeah. or and he wants that because he's trying to make a move on her. Because he wants it, yeah, right? but he knows that you would really, yeah, it would be nice if if you if would you do went it. and did it. And I I kind of did it both ways. I don't know if you could have continued it longer, but I tried to cheer her up for a while, and then I said, uh, uh, Irvine, why don't you? Irvine, do you step in. Yeah. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to go, but that's how it went for me. That's that's how Irvine is happy for it to go. Yes, but. and he's <laughs> like, sure thing, man, I'll step in. <laughs> Thanks, and bro. In parentheses, like time to make my move. <laughs> time to make my move. Yeah. But uh, uh, so they decide to go through with this concert anyway. So yeah. um, the rest of the group, they sort of like, you know, plan this out. They play different instruments. You can kind of select which instruments they play. In any case, uh, this this all becomes a setup as well for them to try to like get Squall and Renoa yes. together. And in keeping with the silliness of this whole game, <laughs> Zell himself is like, none of us can play instruments. <laughs> and then... You give him a fiddle, and he's just going to town, just and he's just like yeah. he's very good. They're actually. very good at it. He's yeah. extremely talented at it, and they're pretending like they didn't know how to play instruments. I thought that was funny. Yeah. But yeah, you and Renoa go out, and the whole thing is like they're putting it on for you guys. Yep. And your the Fisherman's Horizon is set up of these like I, I think they're solar solar panels mm-hmm. with the whole city. Yeah, and, and oh, that maybe. Yeah. It's what they look like. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looks like a dance floor when you stand on it. Yeah. Right? So Renoa kind of pushes you off onto it, and you're standing on this reflective surface that resembles a dance floor, and it's just this beautiful... So before beautiful. she pushes them down, I write one note here. There's a naughty magazine. <laughs> well, that, there's that, right? Uh, it, it, <laughs> so, um, Irvine so left it behind, I don't know why, to he be says like, he did it on purpose. here's the spot where I want yeah. you to go to. You'll notice You'll it because it, of the yeah. magazine that's there. That's the spot. And then when you go there, Squall's like, he was being serious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. This guy's freaking crazy. But uh, I have a, a developer quote for this part because um, in kind of their playfulness and banter back mm. and forth, or at least Renoa continually trying to open him up, crack him, right? Yeah. Um, she she teases him and he reaches back to like hit her. <laughs> That's and she right. rolls away. That's right, yeah. Very and, quickly. Um, so here's a quote from Kitase. He says, there's a scene where Squall and Renoa are talking at Fisherman's Horizon and I don't remember what the conversation was about exactly, but Renoa says something that kind of, that's kind of sassy to Squall, and he throws his hand at her. Yeah, he throws uh, it back. Yeah, she like dodges. But even at the time, Kajushige, the Nojima, Nojima, uh, yeah. Nojima the, the writer, was like, he shouldn't be hitting her. It's really not good to have a guy hitting a girl. Uh, looking back, I wish I could change that. So this is something mm-hmm. he regrets, having okay. had Squall like actually threaten to hit her. Now, of well, course... Japanese culture is a little... It is different. Different. And now, men still don't hit women, generally speaking. But a yes. senior can threaten a junior, and physically hitting is a common... In well, even in, even, maybe in Korea, right? Where yes, in Korea do you want to die? Yeah, yeah. It might be a little more culturally acceptable. Yes. Um, here, it's definitely not. You don't hit girls ever. Yeah. Um, but the reverse is not true. So, like, anyone who's watched, like, my streams with Chrissy, mm-hmm. and our teasing, she'll hit me a lot. Yes. And it's like, that's an acceptable thing. Yes. And obviously, that's the intention with this, right? right. Squall was not intending to do harm. Not from what I can tell. And the way she but, dodged it, it was almost like, ha ha, And you she clearly me. knows, she knows he's not trying to hurt yeah, me. Yeah. So, like, I get the intention, but uh, it, just an interesting note that he felt yeah. bad about that. 
the, after the fact. In that aspect, the game did not <laughs> age as well, I suppose. But it maybe didn't age that time, well. You know? But yeah. the conversation that they have when they do, mm. when she pushes him down, is very revealing for his abandonment trauma. This is where it really starts coming out yeah. in what he's thinking once she's talking to yeah, him. Yeah. Like, just like, no, I don't, you know, I, I, it would be worse yeah. to accept you all into my heart and lose you uh, yes, than it would yes, be lost. to just stay alone. And I think once again he has that flashback. Yep. Where he brings his it up big again. Sis left, mm-hmm. and and I think the whole point with that was, um, that he what was it he he said, when you get close to somebody, and you you just lose them in the end anyways. Yeah. And like, what's the point of getting close to somebody if you're just going to lose them? Yeah. Like we're all bound for different paths and different lives, and you know. If you're just going to get lost anyways, I don't want to. I don't want to invite you in because his big sister, Elone, left him. Yeah, and he doesn't. I don't think he understands why. He doesn't remember or understand. And the he reason. doesn't. He doesn't remember who she is. He just, rem- is just all. And this is this is indicative of his character. He doesn't remember her. Yeah. He just remembers losing her. Yeah. So he's got this memory of oh no, my big sis left. And even when he sees her again, he doesn't know who she is. Yeah. But he still remembers losing her, and that that shows kind of his personality, where he's at. In his life, he is more concerned about losing things than the thing itself. Well, and this is so true of human nature. Yeah. This is why we tend to cling to like negative press uh, rather than positive press. It's like oh, part yeah. of the reason why that's more effective is because you you can be only so happy, yes. and 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 what that means to us yeah. versus you could be dead. You yeah. <laughs> and so like you you can the, descend. Well, the way he puts it, you yeah. can descend the greatest depths of hell. Before you even die, and and, that, or or you can die, you know, and that is worse yeah. to us than this is, is good, good. Yes. to us. So, have you ever right? heard the saying of um, like in a good relationship amongst most people, generally speaking, you need to have one bad interaction, or no, you don't need to have it, but you need to have ten good interactions for every one bad interaction. Yeah, because the good interactions only raise you so much. Bad yeah. interactions drop you a way lot. worse. And if that ratio's off, if you're having only two good inter- interactions for every one bad interaction, you're just like into negative territory mm. here. You need to have at least to, to maintain a net positive. Yeah. You have to at least have ten good to one bad. And and I feel like Squall, <laughs> Squall is um, he he's in a different place where he. He's like so far down that the, the good things aren't even worth it because of how yeah. far down you can well, go. Well, I think it was so apt that you brought up that he doesn't even remember who no. his big sis is. He values is. losing something more it's than the thing. The, the, the loss of it, yeah. the negative emotion is so powerful that it that's doesn't even important. matter that he loved. He doesn't yes. even remember who he loved. See, and The loss is more memorable and traumatic yeah. and has totally shaped his psychology. And that is 100% accurate right. to the way human psychology works. I think so, yeah, uh, I think so. It, it doesn't even matter yeah. who the person we lost is. The emotion, the trauma was so bad that we'll do anything to, to protect ourselves from yeah. ever going there again. Yeah. And so and we are matter. designed yeah. to protect ourselves from harm more than we are to pursue good. Yeah. And so, like, th- it's just and that it's is so an evolutionary true. thing. Yeah, it's an ev- it's a right? biological. Because good proof. things can only get you so good, but if you make a mistake, you're dead, right? And, yeah. And so, like, you you see a tiger. You've never seen a tiger before. Yeah. Right. You're a little caveman. Yeah. Never seen a tiger before. Those who had the natural instinct of it's new, I don't know what it is, I'm avoiding it. Yeah. Those are the ones that survive. Who protect themselves from <laughs> yes. harm first. The ones who are like, oh, it's new and different, I'm going to go find out what it is. They didn't make it. Yes. Right? 
And so, and that's not just the newness, that's the, the whole idea, the concept that there's more things that can kill you than can help you yes. in the world. And if you're playing it safe, then you're going to last longer. Yes, right? And that's, longer. Squall has kind of come to that point yeah. where he feels like he'll have the greatest longevity if he avoids anything that even resembles something that a could relationship be in any way. Or depending on anyone yeah, else depending. or growing close to anyone. Because it sounds like from that flashback, you only get a few sentences, but he really, really was close to the LNA. Yeah. And he really relied on her. And he he's convincing himself that he can be strong without her, but he knows, you can tell in his voice, and he's crying, his voice that you're imagining his voice, right? Because you're yeah. not hearing anything. But you can hear it in his voice, so to speak, that he doesn't believe himself, that yeah. he, he knows that he really can't do it himself, yeah. right? But he needs to. He doesn't have a choice. So yeah. he figures out a way to do it, and this is the way he figured out. Yeah. So yeah. as far as character arc for Squall is going so far, um, I just think it's, it's actually really, really, really well written. It's very yeah. convincing and very true to how yeah. uh, people with his personality type yeah. and people with his type of trauma history yeah, would yeah. would respond or how yeah, they absolutely. would behave absolutely um, yeah. the only thing that I, I I regret that they did was giving you the choice to be cold to Renoa because the relationship is so important to healing this and yeah. to him coming out of his shell and learning to trust in people she's so important to that character arc that if you choose to reject 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 it's just hard for me to believe that that relationship would ever really develop in the way yeah. it needs to for his character yeah. to finish in, in a satisfying it way. It feels like it comes out of nowhere. But as far as all of his internal dialogue and his reasons for wanting to stay away from people, uh-huh. all of that is so true to, yeah. to life. So really, really good stuff there. I think that's well done. And then um, Renoa, it's Renoa's character I think that I have the hardest time with. It's not so much Squall. I, it used to be Squall's character that yeah. I was like, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it, this playthrough, it's more Renoa's character that I have a difficult time um, understanding a little bit. Yeah. But let's let's move on because so, once we can finally leave Fisherman's Horizon, this is where the game goes crazy. For yeah, me. you you can do all kinds of cycles. It's not we we probably did completely different things as each other. I mean, I did all the Chocobo forests. I didn't even go there. <laughs> So there's a bunch of Chocobo Forests. I do. It's a really whistle, lame. It's a really lame minigame. I know. I, I know. hate. I you hate go Final whistle. Fantasy minigames because they almost always depend on RNG. Yes. And and yeah. or, or or some element of that or just a very vaguely like not well explained rules to things. Yeah. And, um, like anyways, it, this one's not as bad. Yeah. In, uh, on on those terms, mm-hmm. like the RNG is more applied to the card game. Yeah, yeah. Are they going to play the card I'm trying to win from exactly. them this time? How many times? I'm going to challenge play. you 50 times yeah. before you'll finally play yes. the the Quetzalcoatl card or whatever. Exactly. And then hopefully you win. And then and the oh crap, <laughs> he actually played it. Fetch. I haven't saved in, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyways, or or like the random rule, you know, mm. like some of the rules for the card game. It's oh, more from the it's, different cities. It's more yeah. to do with the card game. The sure. RNG is not. I'm not talking about the Chocobo. Game. But the Chocobo minigame is not necessarily a fun game, but it's at least not as tedious as like Chocobo Hot and Cold in Final Fantasy IX <laughs> or as long as the Chocobo Breeding in FF7. Yeah. So I can tolerate it. Yeah. But I did that. I did, um, I went to Shumi Village. No, oh, me too. And yeah. did all that, that stuff. That was fascinating. Get all the stones and everything. Yeah, you learn more about the, the Shumi yeah. and that they can evolve into essentially either the Moomba or they Moomba choose a form. Or the great. Oh yeah, some of them say or, that. Oh, some I, of them I become, can become a human, right? Yeah, they can turn into whatever form they want yeah. to be, or they become a Moomba, 
or they turn into an elder who like ends up leading the Shumi or whatever. Yeah. And their responsibilities to stay there. So, you know, there's lots of kind of cool background you get with that. Um, yeah. And then what other side quests are there? Uh, you well, can... I went to Delling City. Oh, you go back to um, Bellum. That, that's kind of more story related though, so I guess that's different. Oh, when it's um, under the city, yeah, the village is under siege. Yeah, and all the police yeah. are there. But I went to Delling City and this was wonderful. I forgot to mention it last podcast. You go into the room with the painter. He's got this big painting, and then there's his son who painted a dog bone. Like oh, this is this is in Dullet. This is in Dullet. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I meant Dullet. He painted a dog bone on it, <laughs> and you and go. It's so funny because you can go find the dog. Yes, and you go because you recognize to those locations the painting. that exactly. are in Dullet. Yeah. yeah, and there's usually not anything too great there, but yeah. Um, the the bone the kids talking about how it's like his artistic expression <laughs> to like ruin his grandpa's paintings with, <laughs> with dog the bone. bone and his grandpa's like this is stupid you're worthless and the kids like no I'm just expressing myself <laughs> artists need to fight for their their rights to be heard and yeah it's so funny and as I you love as that. you begin to resolve that side quest he's like it's because you never um you never like spend time with me but right. you you will with these other girls in the city and stuff it's because <laughs> you keep ruining my paintings I don't want to it's like <laughs> It's a funny little side quest. Yeah. And that boy is the the son of the queen of cards. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And I think that painter is her father. So, like, anyways, if you're doing the queen of cards side quest, which can be very long and tedious in and of itself, mm-hmm. you it's keep fun. going back to Dalit. I did that. And you can win the cards back that you lose to her. Because there's that secret. There's like a, not secret, but there's like a room up in, um, above a, like a, cafe. a bar. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Where there's this group of people that you play cards with. Um, but I also went to where's what's the city that Laguna and LNA were Windhill. living in? Yeah, Windhill. You can go there, and that's where you, there's like another um, side quest for the vases, chocobo the, thing with the yeah the vases, the, the vase, vase pieces. pieces. Yeah, um, you know that was fun, but mostly like you don't even you know necessarily know it right away. But you, apparently, rain rain has passed away, but she yeah. she had these oh, flowers. And, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I never knew this. Mm-hmm. It isn't this too, so it's not a spoiler. <laughs> You can go, and actually, uh, one of our viewers had to tell me this. I didn't even know this. He had told me to go look at this. Uh, it was Chocolate Rob. You I go into the menu. You go into the menu in the, like, the tutorial section mm-hmm. of the menu, and you go into like, the info. It has a whole, I think it depends on what your dialogue options were during the first flashback at the beginning of the disc with, with Laguna and Kiros. Because hmm. you, uh, you can ask about Julia. Oh right, um, and like what happened to her, and they and they can talk right. about she got married to a, a general, and uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, oh, as long as she's happy, who cares? As long as she's happy, who cares? You yeah. know, like, hey, come on, LNA, let's like, you know, he's trying yeah. to like avoid the conversation. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about. Um, but apparently, she she wrote a song called "Eyes on Me," right, uh, which yes. is like the theme song of the game for the game. Yeah, that's about her lost love that she, uh, yeah. you know, they went off to war and she never saw him again. Right. Anyway, so there's if you go through that dialogue correctly, I think. Um, this will come up in the in the info in the menu that she died in a car accident at the age of twenty eight. Rain. So did. no, Julia. Julia did. So Julia, uh, who married General Caraway. Yeah. Right. Um, she's who not is there. Renoa's father? When, yeah. When you go there, died at a young age. Mm. You start to put the pieces together. Julia is Renoa's mother. Right. Not that that's necessarily a very important thing to the plot, but. Julia is Renoa's mother. Yeah. And just keep that in mind for something we're going to learn a little bit later. But 
I don't think it mentions. I didn't know that. I don't think it mentions anywhere else in the game what happened, Julie. Julie just doesn't exist anymore. She's just not around. She just isn't there, and they never talk about her. You don't know what happened. But if you look in that info, it says that she she died in a car accident or something. Okay, nice. But Rain, same thing with Rain, right? It's kind of mysterious, like what happened it's to her. Mysterious. She's she, not here anymore. She apparently died pretty recently once you arrived to that village because mm-hmm. they're still talking about her and saying, oh, she was the best at these flowers and she, yeah. she would cook food or something. Yeah. Uh, but um, you do, you know, there's tons of side quests. You can also, you can always dock your ship back at Fisherman's Horizon to explore, yeah. to explore and walk around. And that's when I went and read all of the diary entries and yeah. all of the stuff that Selfie had written and all of the, um, what else, like her, her board, the board, and you get to read some of Zell's kind of random thoughts. Yeah, and, yeah. And stuff. So yeah, because she's like keeping a diary, when, and each of the party members like write a little entry into they it. They can write right? a little. And uh, Zell's I think, Zell's I, think I read Irvine's, and nobody else had written one at the time I looked at it except uh, for yeah. Irvine. But but Selfie's going through a lot of Laguna's stuff, and she's going through you know the. Uh, did you encounter the UFO? Oh, <laughs> I don't. So think there's so. a there's a, there's this little UFO. It's a random battle you'll come across in certain areas, and you'll just stand I, there, and I this UFO hit. is like carrying a cow away. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like little places throughout the world where you can encounter. I it. did hit a random thing though. The um, oh, so I did do the summon. Um, I played a bunch of cards, by the way. Yeah. But I also did the summon where you go. I, what is it called again? You go to the place. It's like this big. Oh, Pandemonia or Odin. Yeah. Odin. 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 The Odin, Odin cycle. Because you yeah. you got to put the eyeballs in. And the it red gives eyes. You the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> which you have to remember hilarious. the code. There's some code. I, I guess it's randomly generated each time, so yeah. uh, you can't just skip it. But towards the once you once you finish that and you leave, you fight this weird little green cloaked dude. What's oh, Tonberry. Called? Yeah, Tonberry. Tonberry. There's yeah. a bunch of Tonberries. You fight enough of them, and, and this King giant, Tonberry. This King Tonberry shows up, and you can and get that as a GF. Yeah, that's fascinating. I I I looked up to do that. I would not have known to do. Yeah, that there are a ton of GFs otherwise. that. You probably yeah. don't get well, if you're not going by a guide. I've heard, um, yeah, there's like the big, the cactus, the big cactus mm, looking dude cactuar. that's in a bunch of Final Fantasy games. Yeah. I don't know where you'd find him, but I think he's in the game. And yeah, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. Yeah, I, I mean, and this is, I'm going to save this conversation for later about like the game yeah. mechanics because, you know, we would talk for five hours if we were including game mechanics. But uh-huh. a lot of the games. Breakability, it's easiness, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Stems from knowing ahead of time, I can get this uh, particular GF by drawing it from this boss. If you right. don't draw it, you don't get that GF. You right. don't get Siren, you don't get, uh, uh, who's the other one? Uh, I think it's Pandemonia or something that you draw from a boss. I think it's Fujin or Raijin or something like that. Oh, yeah. um, there's like three, three GFs you draw from bosses. And then there's Odin you can completely miss. There's yeah. Diablos you can completely miss. Yeah. And so it's like there's all these abilities yeah. that you get from these GFs that if you don't have, you're pretty weakened as right. like a party. There's like a lot of things you can't do. Right. So I think the game's balance, whether the game is hard or not, really depends on do you get all the GFs? Hmm. Do you learn all the abilities? Do you take advantage of the card refining? Do you play the card game at all? Yeah. Like, yeah. it can either be a really, really difficult game by the end, right. if you don't have all of these tools, or it can be, I, I mean, at this point in the game, yeah. I kill everything in one hit with physical attacks. Nice. Everybody. <laughs> I just go, plump, they're dead. Plump, they're dead. Plump, they're dead. Everybody dies in one hit. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a boss. Mm. Just, you're dead. Almost, <laughs> completely. I mean, not exactly... That, but it's, it's right. approaching that level of easiness. I don't have to cast magic at all. Right. 
attack with standard attacks, I do 5,000 damage a hit. Sick. So, <laughs> but one thing people really like about it is that you can then tailor the difficulty. You can create yes, your own sense you of challenge, now, right? Similar to how the dialogue options can kind of ruin the story a little bit, mm -hmm. I feel like the gameplay options can ruin the game sure. play as well. I think those two elements, the freedom of the ability you have to kind of alter those two things however you want, like you mentioned altering difficulty or even altering the story to choose how the voice of the character however you want, um, might be those two reasons might be the reason why this game is so divisive. Yeah. And so many people either love it or because hate it. Because it, it will on depend how on it. how you played it. But it doesn't just depend on how you played it last time you played it. It depends on how you played it the first time you played yes. it. Yes. Because first impressions are 90% And the first time I played it, I didn't like this game. Me, Every me single time I have played it afterwards, yeah. I have liked it more and yeah. more and more. And that's true of this time as well. I like the too, game actually. more this time than I did last time yeah, I played yeah. it. I keep liking it It's a it really more. good game. I and, love and it. And a lot of it, whether it's good or not, a lot of it is up to you. Yes. And you can make the game bad if you want to. Yes. Don't do it. But you don't realize you're making the game bad when you first played the game. Yes. That, that is the a fundamental issue with Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah that it's not even like a critique. It's just how, it's just the design of the game can either lead to a great experience or, or a not great experience. Yeah. It, makes, it makes so much more sense as we delve into this game, why it's so divisive. Why it's divisive, yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of divisiveness, it's time to lead into possibly the most divisive plot point in the whole freaking game, which is after, going the, to Shabby, or after the sequence in Balam Village where Oh, Zell, you know, yeah. you kind of like beat up a uh, Fujin and Raijin and Fujin Raijin. run them out. Fast. I like those characters, by yeah. the way. They're I like them too. They're actually really good because they bring up the whole the whole tribalism thing you're talking about. It's like yeah. we're, we're going to stick with Cipher to the end, yeah, no matter exactly. what, because uh, who he doesn't have anyone else. Right, right. right? Like, he's their their group. What do you call it? The posse. You, you, you gotta have posse. you gotta have real friends. Is kind of yeah. what they're talking about. And like, there's but, a lot of people who follow Cipher's yeah. orders. But he doesn't have, but we're his only real friends. Right. And we're not going to abandon him. You know him. what's funny? That's so similar to Squall, if you think about it. Squall isn't a great friend to the people he's around. Yeah. And he doesn't really want friends. And he mostly is just kind of doing his own thing. But these people are trying to, I feel like Fujin and Raijin are the ones that are trying to get Cypher to like be himself or to have let him feel more at ease, you know? Yeah. And, and Cypher continues to give them the cold treatment because yeah. as you find out later in the game even they're like you know what we want we the can't, old cipher back we can't do this yeah, anymore we this want our doesn't old friend work. back yeah and and i feel like that's that would be had squall made different life choices that's where selfie and renoa would have ended up too with just leaving him because they're yeah. like we we like him he's important but we can't be around him anymore yeah. and that's essentially what happened with raijin and fujin so they're fascinating i like that point in the uh yeah it's a good little. It's a good little. Uh, good little sequence there, yeah. and then and then Selfie says, "I really want to go to Trabia. I'm worried. Yeah, let's go back to the garden and see what happened." So you go there, and um, it's pretty. Jacked. It's completely destroyed. Um, she's talking with a lot of her friends and stuff who that have survived. survived yeah. And this is another point where I felt like you know this criticism of FF8 that it has no character development is just uh, so wrong. I, I think to so. me I th because. I think so, yeah. There's this really great little scene where she's talking to her friends and you're going around and talking and then you go to this, she, she went over to the graveyard. Yes. Or, and you go over there and she's She's constantly she's kneeling, going around places. Yeah, she's kneeling at the grave, yeah. talking to her dead friends yeah. about, um, you know, what she's doing and yeah. like the kind and of... that she made it, she's a seed. And, and yeah. 
it really builds a real sense of who she is and what she right. cared about and what her aspirations were. It's a great character moment for Selfie. I think so. And it's like, again, Final Fantasy VIII doesn't do the, okay, we arrived at this village, which is character B's hometown. Now we're going to go through a whole sequence telling of their tragic backstory. It doesn't right. do that kind right. of character development. Mm-hmm. But it definitely has good character development. I think so. Like, and this is a great moment for Selfie, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, where she's always kind of the class, the, always the kid, kind of silly. The kid who lost the teddy bear or yeah. something, and she's able to... Yeah, she's like, she's talking it. to him about the teddy bear teddy wants you to be than you strong. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, like, the, the way she relates to these other kids at the garden, you know, she, she, she has great memories here, great friends here who she lost. Mm. It's, it's a really fantastic little scene. And it's, it's, it's small, but it's enough to like give us a duality. There's more to Selfie than just Being the silly. klutz. Yeah, and tripping. There's a lot the more to her than that. And it's yeah. really strongly suggested here in Trabia Garden. Yeah, but then she tells you to go wait by the basketball court. And this yeah. is where the most intense criticism of FF8 storytelling yeah. this is the big reveal. comes into place. I didn't mind it as much this time as I did right. the first time I played it. Though. Let's hear... Well, let's, let's talk about what it is first, and then I want to hear why. Okay. So, it is revealed mm-hmm. as they're talking to each other, and Irvine kind of starts the conversation. Now, remember, right. Irvine comes from Galbadia Garden, where they did not use GFs. Yes, yeah. So, he's only very recently, since recently. joining our party, began to use GFs. Yeah. His memory has not been affected like the others. He basically starts suggesting, he's trying to cheer Selfie up or something, mm-hmm. trying to talk about a, this orphanage he grew up in. Oh, right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, wait a minute. The orphanage you're talking about, was that near an ocean? Was it yeah. made of stone? Oh, was it made of stone? Yeah, You yeah. guessed it. You guessed it. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. I, they all have I, I came it. from there too. Yeah. Wait a minute. What? You knew this the whole time, Irvine? You never told us that we're from the same orphanage? Yeah. And he's like, well, it didn't seem like you guys remembered, so it was kind of awkward. And, <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. Squall? He, he's a weird Zell was there too. Squall? Was, all of us came from the same orphanage and yeah. none of us remembered it. This scene, like we've been building up this mm. entire podcast, can really feel like right. it comes out of the absolute abyss. Just like, yeah. what the fetch? Why? How? What are you talking yeah. about? They all grew up in the same orphanage and they yeah. all forgot why. And it's just happen chance that they're all back together. Yes. That's how, what I It thought. can feel very yes. contrived I first and convenient and yes. just like it's not set up at all. Yeah. And it's just why we've been trying to like build the audience up into this yep. moment now. So what the, the big reveal is they all grew up in the same orphanage. Yeah. They all kind of got separated. and went there. Some of them went to Trabia Garden, or, or Selfie went to Trabia Garden. Irvine went to Galbadia Garden. Zell got adopted into a family in Ballum Village. He didn't uh, even know he was adopted. Yes, he forgot he was adopted. He was adopted. like, so my parents aren't my real parents? Yes. Like, so he really Squall and Cypher and Quistus were taken by Idea, who was their matron, matron and Sid, Idea. who yeah. was her husband, to go found... Ballum Garden. Garden. Yeah. And they have forgotten all of this because mm-hmm. they've been using GFs. Yeah. So that's the big twist. That's a big yes. reveal. Now, I would love to hear your perspective of why <laughs> it didn't bother you this time as much. So the first time I played it, I thought it was pure happenstance. Like, oh my gosh, we all happened to grow up in the same village together mm. and we forgot and we all, and it just so happens every important character for this whole game was with us at that village. <laughs> yep. And, wow, what are the odds? Okay, oh, isn't this crazy, guys? Oh, my gosh, it's crazy. That's how I thought that it went. Um, I have, now that this is my, this is actually my third time playing the game, 
Um, playing it now and seeing, I, I, my understanding is that this was all set in motion from a long, long time ago and that Elena was actually kind of like central to this whole thing because she got adopted out first yeah. and that's why um, Squall is like crying like, oh, big sis, I miss you because he was in the orphanage. She was everyone's big sister. They all were around her, but she left. Sorry, my throat's getting dry. She left early and um, the, and, uh, you know, the understanding what yeah. her what her potential is, Elena. Oh, you know, right. Yes. The fact that she left first is actually important. Yes. Um, and that she went somewhere just kind of out of everyone's reach. Considering Idea was the matron, yeah. that mm. she eventually became a sorceress, yes. that she set up the seed to defeat the sorceress, and that and she's trying to keep Elena hidden from her now that she herself. is the sorceress. The fact that she left yes. first, there's a, I see where you're going yes. with it. So it all makes it, it was all it was all part of the plan. So my initial thought was, oh, they randomly even going to Galbadia, they just happened to pick up the one guy who was also in that orphanage too. Yeah. But this was all set in motion. This was literally planned by um, Sid Idea and Idea to to be this way. Squall was being raised with these people in this way to become what he is finding himself in the middle of becoming, right? And all these characters, they didn't randomly find each other. They were all brought here together on purpose for yes. a reason. And one of the reasons being is that the sorceress needs to be killed. But that's not, gosh, see, how do I do this without, because at the end we kind of <laughs> figure out some things. You, you want to kill the sorceress, but not the host of the sorceress. You need to have the, the sympathy to understand who the person is that the sorceress is using in order to kill the sorceress but not kill the host because it would be too tempting to just kill hmm. the host and be done with it, right? So I believe it was some type of plan from Sid in order to get things moving so that he could still somehow be married to Idea, but have her not be a sorceress anymore. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of truth in what you're saying and yeah. actually the way you just described it, I wish the game had done that because <laughs> is it then it would the have actually... Well, I don't know if it's not the true interpretation. Yeah. It probably is. In fact, I think it is. Mm. I think it actually, that is really what's going on. Right. Like, and, and we'll get more on this later in the game, but Sid, like we've been saying, has sort of been weaning Squall into this leadership position. Yes. It's like he's faded to it somehow. Yeah. Um, that's all I'll say about that for now. Uh, it will come into clearer focus at the end of the game. But this has definitely been planned. Idea was part of the plan and Sid was part of the plan. Yes. So that distinction, that it's not coincidental, it's not random. it, it was, was actually put in motion. Just knowing that one fact makes it way more powerful. Changes the perspective of powerful. the scene, yeah. right? I, and I agree with that then, part of it. And then trying to figure out why this plan was put into motion and why these kids are part of the plan, that to yeah. me put another layer of meaning into this that I didn't initially have. So this is, okay. Now that you've said all of that, I'm gonna have to like rework <laughs> I hope what I I'm didn't gonna say. Like no, you didn't. Give away no, this much. is good. Okay. Because like, we're gonna arrive at like, I think <laughs> the intention eventually here. Okay. So, okay. Knowing even what we do, did know with all the background and lore and knowing that, okay, that the GF erasing memories has been set up before, we can expect this, it, mm -hmm. it's coming. Like even knowing that's going into it, I still really struggled to appreciate this scene because yeah. I just thought it was bungled so badly in its execution. Yeah. Um, 
and 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 uh, it is a problem to me that so much of that setup is totally out of the way, and you can easily miss it. That would have been fine to mm-hmm. leave that as it is if they had used Irvine's dialogue in the assassination scene at the end of that, disc one such a missed to be the mandatory scene that serves as the setup for this. Yeah. If Irvine had been struggling <clears throat> to shoot the sorceress because he knows because he that's my matron. Yeah. She raised me in an orphanage and I can't shoot yeah. her. If that was He doesn't have to say that, that one out thing. Loud. I know, I know. Yeah. Because I agree. <laughs> you can't because you can't yeah. spoil the twist. Right. But he can at least allude to it in the subtext. Yes much more strongly than he did. And I, it's hard for me to believe that they really missed that opportunity. Yeah. I, I think there's got to be a reason why they just completely over Missed that. And went missed over that it. opportunity. I don't know, but yeah. it needs it. I feel I like the story so. would have been much stronger yeah. if his reasons for not wanting to shoot the sorceress were made clear in the subtext. So that when you mm. come to the scene, you go, oh, that's why Irvine wouldn't shoot her. Right? Instead of going, What? You all grew up in the same... I don't get it, right? Like, they hid too many of the hints in the setups yeah. instead of at least making one really strong setup for you. At that least scene. that one. So that's one reason why I don't think it ends up working as it's intended to work. Mm-hmm. But also, the reason why I don't love this as a plot twist is because I think really good plot twists, not only are they set up with the breadcrumbs in a way to make you go... Oh, I should have seen that. Oh, I knew that. I just this didn't realize it. This one doesn't really do that. Does it doesn't it? <laughs> do that because it doesn't yeah. hide them well. It, it, it doesn't hide them in plain sight. Right. It hides them way out of plain mm-hmm. sight. But in addition to that, I think good plot twists change the character's perspective in such a way that they say, okay, we have to change what we're going to do now, or it changes right. our entire view on who a character is. I'm not going to spoil Final Fantasy VII, but I've done videos on why Final Fantasy VII's plot twist is so effective. Mm. We've talked about it on previous podcasts. It's absolutely brilliant the way they lead into it. And what ends up happening is that every time someone watches that scene, they go, oh my gosh, oh, he, oh, wow, like, Mm. oh, and it just just works. And it, it just resolves it all in this perfect way. This scene does not have that. That is true. Nothing, Nothing. in the plot changes due to these revelations. Yeah. They show up to this scene well, with the, the, mo- the their goals are to kill Sorceress Idea yes. and um, to, oh, what was the... Uh, oh, and that and worrying about the GFs might be erasing their memories. Ah, yeah, yeah. So these are two concerns that they so have. So do they keep... We have to, kill the, they have to kill Sorceress. Yeah. GFs might be erasing our memories. This scene reveals that Idea is their matron. Right. A reason to give them pause for killing her. Right. And that GFs are Are actually erasing their memories. And what they decide are, we're still going to kill the sorceress and we're still going to use GFs. There's even the moment with Renoa where she's like, do you think fighting is the answer? And this goes back to the the Fisherman's Horizon Mayor again. Where it's like the, the multiple times they've tried to insert or submit the idea that maybe you don't have to kill people and maybe you don't have to fight like this in order yeah. to accomplish it. Um, and I keep thinking it's going somewhere, and it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You basically say, yeah, I see your point, but we're just going to keep fighting. We're just going to, and that's <laughs> and, essentially and how and they Renoa say it. And kind of is like, well, if you all agree, I'll just keep going with you, I guess. But like, she doesn't like it. It's like they don't even have really any 
they don't have any moment of pause. They don't even yeah. consider another option. They don't right. even say, she's our matron, we can't kill her. There must be another way. Let's go right. on a, a quest to but find some other way to save her. Renoa wasn't in that orphanage, right? No, and she so wasn't. The fact that she's the one saying, yes. hey, let's be kind and not kill people, and everyone else who does know the matron is saying, no, she's got to go. <laughs> like, yeah, there's not even a, there's not even a why moment. Why is Renoa the one? And she didn't yeah. even know Matron. There's not even one moment where they say, man, like, we can't do this. Let's find right. another way. They're just like, oh, nope, this is our fate. We chose See, this. Uh, we have to kill her. And even, and, then, and this would be another what? point where at least, um, what's his name? Irvine. Irvine. <laughs> Where at least he once again can ha can give pause. It, had yeah. they done that sooner, then that would make him leading the "let's not kill her" movement instead of Renoa. Absolutely, it would make it even more powerful. It would make Absolutely. it make it a little bit more sense. You still won't have the breadcrumbs where you say, "Oh my gosh, I should have known." Yeah, that can't happen for this guy. That's just that yeah. can't happen here. Even but even with that bungle, they could have softened it. Had they at least determined to change what mm -hmm. they were currently doing in light of the new information that they yeah. had, which changes their whole perspective on who the sorceress is, whether or not they should use GFs. Right. Like, GFs give us, gives us these powers we need to defeat the sorceress, but they're, we're losing who we are. It's almost like that revelation should have come later. That revelation should have come around the time where it's too late, which we won't get into, I guess, at yeah. the moment. But... That revelation should have come later instead of them knowing ahead of time, it is the GFs, this is the problem, but we got to kill the matron and we can't do it without GFs. So and they seem to have it. no, they they seem to have no reservation about it. None it's like them, they're yeah. completely on Except board. Except for Renoa. And it's She's just, the it, one. It, it, it makes it feel like these revelations are pointless because it changes nothing. Yeah. It changes nothing, not, not even just in the plot, but in their right. own minds. They, they, and that's the biggest thing, yeah. And so it, it makes the whole thing feel like, yeah. again, had you not found the breadcrumbs, it feels totally out of left field. Right. It feels like a completely contrived thing. And they do not explain the part that you just explained, which no. is that you have to beat Sid the game and play it again. And Idea <laughs> are, are weaning them into these roles. They're like yeah. fated to meet each other. They, mm -hmm. they were, it's all part of a plan. Yeah, they were being pushed. That's even even not, with Cypher, they were all being forced to be friends, even though yeah, they were fighting each other. That's not explained well enough. No, not at all. Yeah. To, and so the execution of this scene, less so than the idea behind it, mm. is really badly carried out. That is true. Now, <laughs> let me just throw something out here. It's hard to go back and replay a game for the first time. You just can't ever have that first time experience again. You are always going to be informed by your first time for your subsequent sure. times, right? Yeah. Um, understanding that, dis so despite the scene not giving me the info it should have given me, yeah. me knowing that info anyways, yeah. and understanding what was happening, um, did make everything come together a lot better. And it did, it actually, I didn't feel, when I first played the game, I didn't feel anything for Matron because it was all too yeah. weird and too too quick and like out of left field, like you're saying. I didn't feel, I was like, whatever, just kill her. I don't care. Like, this is this makes no sense. You just learned this dumb thing. They just came out of nowhere. Just whatever. I don't care. I didn't care at all. Yeah. I cared this time. I really did. And I was like, Matron actually did mean something. And especially with the way this disc ends, you you see exactly why matron like well I, I guess we'll get to it we'll get to it a little, yeah. a little bit later um, with how the sorceress works and and goes from place to place um, but 
it is often, you know, really good people that end up being sorceresses, right? Yes. And that's just kind of how it is. Um, but, you know, understanding that ahead of time, understanding the context that I did not previously understand, hearing their dialogue, it did feel good. It felt better. It felt more real as they were talking. Now, there's too many characters talking, and these yeah. Japanese RPGs have a bad habit of every time a new thing... Everyone has to have a turn. Every single person has to save <laughs> their one their line. turn, yeah. yeah. And it's like, I wish they wouldn't do that. But what they what they refrain from doing is every one of them, they're all talking amongst each other. Squall's being pretty quiet. Yeah. And finally, one of them asked him, do you remember the Squall? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, like, I was there. I, was, I remember that. Mm. Did we light fireworks? Or he brings something up like that. But here's the other thing like, oh, yeah, is that th this kind of brings it a question. It felt like a real reminiscence, you know? Yeah, this kind of brings a, into question, though, like, are the GFs really erasing their memories if they remember this? I know, because like, they have such immediate access. Once they get a little hint, they can re-access all of it. Yeah, it's it, like they, they all essentially remember it. They so, all recall it. So it's the just GFs that, like, didn't really take up the memory. Yeah, it, it really, just blocked the memory. It really confuses me about what hmm. GFs and how they affect memory really means. Now, they talk about there's a specific part of the brain where the GFs like live yeah. when you junction them. That is like your memory center, and that's why it messes with it. But it doesn't yeah. do a good enough job of explaining like how they are able to, once it's prompted, to, to recall something. recover it. It's almost like it a long-term, short-term memory thing. Yeah, but like, yeah. But this wouldn't be in their short-term memory. No. <laughs> it would only be in their long-term memory. Yeah, yeah. So... And so it's just being... It was being blocked. It wasn't being... Rem it wasn't removed. removed. So they yeah. still do have their memories. Yeah. So it is just I, I don't. I just don't really know how it works. <laughs> I know. I don't either. That's fascinating, so, actually. That's interesting. So they can still remember all of this stuff. I, I, I don't know. And all of them can. Like, right away. Yeah. As like soon as they're like prompted... Two again. Minutes. As soon as Irvine prompted the, yeah. the, the memory and one sparked and said, oh, yeah, and then, oh, yeah, and they all just started, it just yeah. started coming up. But it had to be prompted by something. You know what? They wouldn't have recalled it on their own. You know what I didn't like? They did this thing again that they did in disc one, which is <clears throat> they come to the conclusion that, well, even if we keep talking about this, we're not going to be able to figure it out anyways. Yep. <laughs> just have to leave. <laughs> I, I, I can't that. figure this out. I get why they we're do done. it, but I hate it because how could you... And they decide, oh, let's go to the orphanage, right? Yeah. That's like, let's figure this out. Let's go to the orphanage. But they stop talking about it because they're like, well, we don't have a clue what's going on. Let's just move on. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't love that. But it did feel much more real to me. Um, but you're right. The conclusions, it basically doesn't change anything. It would make a little more sense if it changed something where they were able to say... Well, we still have to fight, but yeah. let's try to plan a new way let's go on a to quest this out. to find out how to save Idea. Sure, let's find rather than info. kill her and yeah. like you, then then you could do a whole quest line that's right. all about the sorceress power and how it yeah. works and how it's passed or, on. Or you know, you know, and how like once the the power passes on, the person goes back to being normal again, mm -hmm. which is exactly what you see at the end of disc two after you fight Idea. She yeah. all of a sudden snaps out of it. And exactly. she's talking to them like she recognizes them and knows them and yes. that she's like their, their matron mother or whatever. And she's very and, proud of them. <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, the, the sorceress power passed on. Yeah, it went somewhere. So they could have had a whole quest built around them discovering how the sorceress's power works. Yes. And then, gay, okay, we're not going to kill her. We're going I to... I have a different idea, though. We're going to figure out how to pass this, this sorceress is how I th on. And it's not by adding something. It's by taking something away. Okay. They just... they Instead of saying... We have to fight. Let's kill the sorceress. They could have said, 
we don't know what we're doing. Let's go to the orphanage and figure this out. Because remember, they weren't planning on fighting the sorcerer. That's true. The that Galbadia guard was They didn't just go there. there to kill her. Yeah. They were just going and they got ambushed That's a good on idea. the way. And so if you just took out the line, if they really were conflicted, but when, when it came down to it, they were like, oh, shoot, we have to fight. We're getting destroyed. We have to go to their base and, and fight. Then... All of a sudden, oh, here's the Empress Sorceress. Like, what, we, they don't know what to do. So I don't think you needed to add much. You just need to take away them resolving very sure conviction. That we're going to kill whatever the word is, our that matron. They're going to kill the matron. So if you just remove a couple lines of dialogue, then all of a sudden it looks like a complete accident and they had no choice. And it looks like we need to go find out what to do. Let's go back to the orphanage. It would have made perfect sense. And then, and yeah. then they get ambushed all the way. I like that. That's, That's a good idea. That's a good Very, idea. See, there are a few minimal changes, just, just a few just, sentences just a with with um, the first assassination attempt and with this scene that would have made everything just oh, like feel better. Completely, Joe. Feel better. And it, it's yeah. a, that's actually true of my criticisms of the opening cinematic uh, FMV, which we'll oh, get yes. into in a later episode. Okay. It just a minor tweaks oh, nice. would have, I think, taken FF8 from being this highly divisive, mm. just like game where just people just hate it to... It all just works, yeah. and the story is actually very, very Dude, cohesive. If if there is that little info that needs to be changed for this game to be considered like yeah. really great, a remake, then it might could actually be. Well, it. yes, <laughs> yes. But I'm also just saying it might really just be a really great game. These are yeah. minor things. That's true. I mean, they they're big. You know, they change. They're they're big in massive in the in the sense that like a, a, a person on a first playthrough would have a really bad experience yes. versus a good one. Depending on, you know, Just how they these cho- cho- little whatever. things that they exactly. screwed and the bolt in a little further. This could be, like, the best FF game ever. Sure. You know, if they were just able to, like, do a few things differently. Sure. Minor things, too. Yeah. Hey, guys, this is me uh, after having recorded the podcast just inserting a couple of thoughts here. So one thing that really struck me during the orphanage scene, despite all the things that, you know, I've talked about here, There's a part where Squall sees himself as a child being vulnerable, crying, you know, that kind of thing. And he looks at himself and thinks how shameful it is. And this is something that I think is very true for a lot of people too, especially people who are like Squall or who have a personality like his. This looking back on your child self, on former versions of you from the past and being really ashamed of who you were, being really ashamed of your weakness, being really ashamed of the mistakes that you made, being ashamed of all kinds of things. This is something that I've really had a problem with for a lot of my life. It's very hard for me, for instance, to watch old home videos of me when I was very young because I'm very embarrassed of who I was as a child. And I don't know, there's just something about this moment that really stuck out to me again. And, you know, for all the criticism and all the hate that Squall gets, I think it's important to throw in here as a counterbalance to all of that, that I think Squall is written very well for somebody of this personality type. And a lot of what happens in the game, a lot of what he thinks, a lot of what he says, it resonates pretty deeply with me. I can really feel where he's coming from. And this was one of those moments for sure. So, yeah, then you go, you're going, they actually do resolve to go to the, yeah, the um, the orphanage. The orphanage, and you can see it; it's right there on the cliff. Yeah, but to but uh, they're still there. like you said; they resolved to kill her. But then uh, the Galbadia Garden is there. A big battle is going to happen. It's unavoidable. This is a very exciting set piece. 
And so talking want, about FMVs getting yeah. cooler and cooler. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. So I'm going to say this first to tell to, to allow people to know like there's a lot of good things in the scene that I really like before yeah. I start getting the things I don't like. <laughs> but yeah. um, the, it is probably I've been thinking hard about this. This might be one of the most impressive action set pieces in gaming history, in my opinion. Sure. Um, you take away, I mean, just from a pure visual action standpoint. I'm not talking about, like, does the context uh, uh, of the story sort of build it up oh, to make the stakes man. high enough to make it really land, right. you know. But I'm saying purely visually, cinematically, mm-hmm. technologically for the time, this might be the most impressive oh, action so. piece I have ever seen in a video game my whole life. Yeah, I think so. That scene where the uh, like the, the the flying trooper like tackles Squall out yes. of the door and they're hanging and you're hanging and the whole background it's just a huge yeah. battle and they're punching each other on yeah. that on that uh, thing as it's flying and you're just like flying over this battle in yeah. an FMV is just stunning. It's it is beautiful. so awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. And and the whole build up to it is really good. There's there's a scene where they're standing kind of at the entrance and they're kind of running away and you see Galbati Garden just like freaking crashing into it. Like yeah. all these interactive FMVs really come to a head in like just this in, ex, insanely mm. impressive visual presentation. The yeah. scene is very cool. It's awesome. There's very lots cool. of cool things about it. Visually, there's, a, there's nothing different I would do. Yes. <laughs> Visually. It is very perfect. So now let's talk about all the reasons why I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. It's mostly Renoa though. For me, it's Renoa. It's mostly it's Renoa. It's Renoa. Um, and it's not and just it's not just because she's a rich girl who hadn't really experienced a lot of this stuff, you know. It's not just Renoa. It's it's everybody else because of Renoa's yeah. being there. Because she wants the, the the lion ring, right? And so they're about in on it. And they're <laughs> about to have a battle where yeah. people are for sure going to die. Yes, the sorceress is coming. The whole with thing, Galbadia yeah. Garden. We're protecting the garden. They're coming to invade and kill us. We have a bunch of trainees and little yes. kids and stuff. Yes, young children, yes. And all of this planning has been placed on a, a resentful leader <laughs> who is 17. Like 17 years old <laughs> yeah. to like plan yeah. how they're going to go about protecting their garden and yeah. killing the sorceress. The outlook is not good. No. It's a looming moment. And our mm. party are all concerned with setting Renoa and Squall up yep. still. They really got it. It just shows this total lack of awareness for the situation they're in, <sighs> yeah. for the gravity of it, for their own danger that their own lives are in. Mm. It, they, I just cannot understand why they care at all yeah. right now to plan this elaborate scheme of taking the ring away from Squall to give to Renoa. I'm going to duplicate this for you. And they're, they're just so concerned about something. And it that all just, has to be done right now right during this now battle. Right now during this battle? I cannot wait. It's so, yeah. it, it just, it's it incredible. really, really now, irritates me. <laughs> the coolest FMV of the whole game, other than the one where they're flying around, that one's cool, but the one where you're just running to the side and there's explosions yeah. and the troops are fighting. Oh, that's awesome You're shot. just running through the boom, whole boom, battle. Boom, boom, like a guy on a motorcycle so gets cool. like knocked off. Yes, and, and oh man, and it keeps getting cooler and cooler and more and more intense. As soon as you're at the end of that, boom, you just walk past this huge battle. Probably a dozen people died like in the yeah. background right there while you were watching. And Renault was like, Hey Squall, what's that logo on your ring? Is that a monster? He's like, no, it's a lion. Yeah. Oh, oh really? 
That's cool. And she's like doing the, the heel thing yeah, where she's like kicking she's the like, ground with her tippy flirty. toe. And she's like looking away. It's just like, people are dying <laughs> right now. You just ran yeah. past people dying. People Literally. being shot and stabbed yes. and screaming and their death cries. Up. When, and when, an, when an explosion <laughs> happens. God. I mean, what are I've you seen, doing? I've only seen like movies, <laughs> but I've seen like one of the most impression impression uh, impressionist uh, impressive but oh, not impressive. not in that sense oh. okay <laughs> one of the biggest impressions i have from any hollywood movie was saving private ryan and oh. it's because of the way those mortars were hitting the beach that it would just tear apart the body mm. and uh, veterans would come out of that movie with ptsd oh, because totally. they were saying this was the most accurate portrayal of the invasion of uh, normandy yeah. that they've ever seen and yeah. they were like that's really how it was and it's jacked up i almost threw up when i first watched it cuz i was like 15 or 14 yeah. and it's graphic and people when when bombs go off there's shrapnel and and burns and it and it, just the shockwave of the bomb mm. ripples through your body and can just mess you up like really bad without you even being hit by anything. Yeah. And so it's it's an absolute disaster. <laughs> and there are bombs going off here hitting like people as far as I can tell just boom right on them. And you are she she is just having this moment with him and she, and he is trying to do the right thing which is ignore her and and, and care about her. the lives of yes, the people of who are his responsibilities yeah. and this is what and irritates like, me about oh, the scene people are going to get the wrong idea about us aren't they and it, the uh, the dialogue that he says back is it sounds like you want people to get the wrong yeah. idea about us like she's just being silly playing this game flirting and she's just got her own little her heads in the clouds Remember and how earlier people. in disc one, you were irritated by the Timber Owls yes. were not taking it seriously enough, and, this, and then when, when that times a hundred, when Squall <laughs> gave voice to that, it yeah. was like, "Ooh, yes, you're finally saying except what you said." He was the bad guy for doing that. Now right? I hate everybody in the party except Squall yeah. for not doing that. Yeah. In the one moment in the game where you yeah. really should care about mm-hmm. the lives of other people and be doing everything possible to right. like, you're responsible, you're leading these people. Uh-huh. And Squall is the only one who is actually taking that seriously. Yeah. He's the only one. He's the only one. And they keep trying to get him to like, go. you, you have to go save Renoa. This really bothered me, I wrote that, it down. I put it all in caps because it was bothering me so much. What? You have to save Renoa, you have to save Renoa, she's gonna die, you can do it right now. Like I can't do it, you have to do it. You gotta save her. And, and then it's like, okay, fine. Fine, fine, I, I will go. I, and then Dr. Cotter, whatever her name is, hey, why don't you give a speech to the whole school right now? Uh, and, and so aren't you forgetting just, something? Yeah. Dude, her freaking grip strength? Yeah, for a while. She's hanging she's there, there for, for at time. least 10 minutes. Yeah. Which, I'm okay, I'm, I've been going to the gym a lot <laughs> right. this year. I yeah. do a lot of pull-ups and things. Uh-huh. I have pretty good grip strength. Sitting there and hanging by your weight for 10 minutes yeah, is not she, something that average like, people can do. She's like 100 pounds though. But, but also, <laughs> yeah. the Galbadia Garden slams into it yes. while she's sitting there holding on. I think multiple times. There's no, re- there's yeah. no way she held on that long. But I'll look past that because that's not even the most egregious thing. Yeah. It's that they keep pestering you about this and he I keeps know. saying, I, I have a responsibility to everyone yeah. here, there's not a lot of people just dying. her. And then they're and like, they're I can't try- believe, I they're, can't believe you yeah, don't care about it. They're trying to make him yeah. feel bad, like he's yeah. doing the wrong thing morally. So Because he's not sacrificing the lives example. of all these kids to go save one yeah. person who is an idiot for even being here in the first place. Because yeah. she shouldn't 
be here and she they, they shouldn't be caring about the romantic relationship in the middle of a battle where people are getting cut to pieces and Seriously. dying. And it's just the tone of it is so yeah, off. Yeah, it's so bad. And I agree. I agree 100% with all of that. It's it's a, it's a mess. It's so hard to watch because and then you know they're doing it on purpose. At this point, you know that the writers are yeah. like this is we we want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> because the thing with Timber and all the other stuff that's happened up to this point and with the the missile infiltration and all that stuff, they are on purpose doing this and having it just kind of be silly but super serious at the same time. Yeah. For whatever reason, that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. So this is very good criticism for them because yeah. they accomplished their goal and it's it's just it's just not good. <laughs> Sorry, I know we're not we're not supposed to be saying that necessarily. <laughs> but they they did what they wanted to do as far as I can tell and and they shouldn't have wanted to that's, do it. That's that's a good know? that's a or good they, thing to bring up. They could have uh, accomplished it in a different way. Have your humor be before and after the battle, not during the battle. Yeah. That that shouldn't happen. And especially with Squall, and I love the way he saves Renoa. He it didn't seem to me like he was going to do it on purpose. He just happened to, this thing knocked him off and then he got it. He just happens to ride the thing up and catch her mm-hmm. on, on his way back after he punches the dude out, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like he, it didn't seem as though he was necessarily going after to rescue her in the first yes. place. I think he did resolve to be on, to do that. But um, the way it happened, it seemed totally just by chance. He's like, oh, well, I'm here now. Okay, here we're now. Oh, I happen to be here, here, I'm yeah. saving. So, great. Yeah. Okay, so now that I've gotten all that off my chest, I'm mm-hmm. going to give the olive branch. I'm going to extend the olive branch a yes. little bit, okay? Because I did think about this a lot more. These are my genuine feelings about the scene. It, it really bugs me. No me matter too. how many times I play it, I just do not like the way that the scene is written. I don't think it's appropriate to the tone. Right. But I'm going to extend the olive branch now. And that is to say that I think what they might have been trying to do is really set up the burden of leadership. So the fact uh, that yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. is pestering him, about pestering him, pestering him, yeah. pestering him. You have to do this. You have to take control. I don't know what to do. I can't save right. her. You have to do it. 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 He's getting to a boiling point emotionally where he cannot handle all the stress right. of taking responsibility for everything. And that's going to lead to why he chooses to do what he does at the beginning of disc three. So I, I will say that thinking about the scene a little bit more this time, it's like maybe that's what they're going for. Right. So maybe they're meant to be irritating. Maybe they're meant to not be taking it seriously. Maybe, and he's getting irritated for, yeah. with them for putting all of the onus on this on him. Mm-hmm. Guys, just stop right. internally boiling up. And that's going to lead... I could see that being possibly the intention. I the see team. that on the part of everyone but Renoa. Yes. I see that with everyone else putting this leadership on him. And she, she does do that to some extent, but she, she doesn't ask much of him other than that he open up at the worst times is when she asks that of him, which is a, a lot. But she's more or less trying to push him to like explain to him, oh, you know, people like you, people want you to be a leader. She's not the one necessarily asking him to do as much she was back in Timber. Yeah. She was very annoying back in Timber. This one, she just wants him to lay down in bed with her, and yeah. she doesn't care when <laughs> it happens. <laughs> that's all she wants. And and he is busy, right? Yeah. He can't do that right now. Yeah. But that's all she wants, and it's not so much the leadership thing for her. I, I think you you could make that argument for all of the other characters and how it's really graining, uh, or grading, grading, grinding his, like, you know, 
his patience down. Yeah. But she does it to a whole new level because she's not demanding any leadership qualities from him. She just wants she yeah. just wants what she know, wants. <laughs> she wants what she wants. And unfortunately, um, it's just incredibly naive. But I you know, I like she is naive. Like I mentioned but before, these are she's teenagers. the daughter of a general and she's got this fantasy yeah. about what battles are like having not really been in them before. That is a common thread. Yeah. You have Cypher, who has these very naive teenage-like dreams yes, and aspirations yes. that he's like allowed to his mm-hmm. ego to run away with. You have her kind of doing that. There is an argument to be made that yeah. these are kids, and right. they're just really kind of dumb and naive. It's incredibly they just, frustrating they just to watch. Can't, <laughs> they just can't seem to grasp the gravity of what's yeah. going on around them. I can, I can, I can uh, hear that point of mm-hmm. view and go. I see where you're coming from, okay. and if you if you can like accept the scene for that reason, okay. If you can accept the scene for the reason that this is all about the burden of responsibility, maybe mm. like a major theme of the game, um, him trying to avoid his responsibility right. or not wanting to be responsible for others. I, I think that there are bits of this that work towards that that goal and that right. do strengthen that as a theme. It's just really irritating to watch these people not give a living fetch about a single other human life because right. there's just so many people. Other than it's like little tribal it, 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 Just imagine, yeah. even as a teenager, even as a naive person, uh, a lot of these guys yeah. at the Normandy run were teenagers, right? They're right. 19 or whatever. Oh, true, yeah. They were kids. Yeah, drafted. Imagine yeah. them trying to get one of their friends to get together right. during the middle of that run. I, mean, I can't I imagine. I don't know. I can't imagine it for yeah. a second that the horror. Now I know. Again, we we, we read all of this in the developers' interviews. They yeah. didn't want to create a dark story this right. time. Final Fantasy VII was dark and heavy, and right. they didn't want to do that this time. They wanted something more lighthearted, something that that was more, just lighter in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying you, you make the Galbadia versus Balam Garden into. Uh, saving Private Ryan. You're not trying to like <laughs> horrify people with this. But what I'm saying is that you got to have some yeah. a- acknowledgement. You have to acknowledge it. I think because you mentioned the theme, right? The theme of leadership. Well, they missed a big, very important moral theme, I yeah. think, which is the story. I don't know if this is, I don't know who. I, I think this is a story that everyone hears growing up. Yeah. But it could just be the church I went to or whatever. But there's the guy, there's the train tracks, and there's the yeah. deaf kid running on the tracks, and there's like a oh, train the, of the, 20 people coming. What is the, it's an experiment. It's, the, oh, it's a moral dilemma, but I can't remember the... It's the something experiment. I can't okay, remember so the name Okay, so this is a common thing, though, yeah. right? So the guy's got to choose. Do I save my one kid who doesn't know a train's coming and is on the tracks, or do I Kill save the, five the 20... people Or who whatever, are, yeah. yeah. So the idea is... And in the story, as the story goes, my understanding is that he chose he sacrifices the kids so to that save the, the one, the few to save the many, right? Yeah. Um, so that the whole train of people can live, and that there's a lesson in there because that is considered to be more moral behavior. It's sacrificial behavior, but you're saving more people, whatever. There's a lesson to be learned in there in in ethics and morality, just in general, and they they <clears throat> they purposefully just skip over that lesson here. If the battle weren't so well done, if it yeah. weren't so epic and good, like visually impressive, yeah. we would. This maybe wouldn't be such an issue we have. If this were done the way the other Final Fantasy battles are done, which is not FMVs, just well older FF, you know, just a battle, you know, the abstract, the music, and you know, the camera goes, and you're in the battlefield. If it was that kind of battle, we might we may have forgiven it more. 
But because it was so realistic mm. and those bombs going off and all the people fighting, because you got to see it and because that was so well done, it really kind of screwed up their story, I think. Yeah. You know, sometimes the best shot isn't the right shot for your story. And I think in Final Fantasy VIII, there's a good lesson here where the story they were trying to tell was not well accompanied by the most impressive battle scene, as yeah. you mentioned, we'd ever seen up to that point yeah. in a video game. Yeah. So That's all i got to say about that. The last part of my notes I'm going to say for next time because it's, it's going to really kind of tie into the beginning of Disc 3 okay, a little bit more. But just in wrapping up, they go fight the sorceress. The, the, the power, the influence that was affecting her yeah. seems to pass. But and also Cypher's there. Yeah. And the sorceress kind of just kicks Cypher aside. She's like, you're yep. useless. Yep. And that was a gut punch for Cypher. Yep. And, uh, and so there's a part where Renoa kind of goes over to Cypher like, yeah. to, to help him. And you see in Squall's thoughts kind of like, Oh, and he's like a big like a bunch of ellipses, and then a big exclamation mark. Like mm. she's going to help him, and like Renoa and Cipher, they had like a thing. There's a mm. little bit of a hint of jealousy. I feel yeah. like might be sparked there, but I'm gonna save that for next time. The yeah. important thing is that the power of the sorceress, the influence of the sorceress, passes off of Idea. She's back to normal, and we're left on this cliffhanger where where Quistus is like. Something's wrong with Renoa. Renoa, she's kind of Squall. Get over here! Something's wrong down. with her. Yeah. And then the disc comes to an end. So whew, that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, Man. And and we'll talk more about the Squall and Renoa relationship because it's going to really start taking off as like a major focus of the story right at the beginning of disc three. And uh, there's going to be some crazy stuff that happens. So um, I wanted to ask you about this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about just finishing the game oh. and wrapping up sure. our Final Fantasy VIII discussion. It's going to be a long podcast Because <laughs> I think disc four is mostly just the final dungeon. Yeah, it's mostly the FMV and then the final, the yeah, the, that part. Um, I think that we are... Yeah, I think you're right. About two-thirds of the way through the game. Yeah. So maybe a little more than that. Maybe, mm. maybe like 70%. Something like that. Mm. So okay, uh, I can do that. That would be good. I, I think it. I think if we we finish the game next time, and then the following podcast will be a like going over the comments and talking about the things we okay. missed sure. along the way. Um, that would be February, and then um, uh, March's podcast, and then we'll start a new in April, new game after that in April. Okay, cool. So that's what we're gonna do. Finish the game, good. beat the game, and we'll finish. Uh, going through all the events and, and having a custody and then we'll just do one more follow-up podcast to that and then uh, we'll move on to the next thing. <sighs> Thanks for watching, everybody. So these, these, are, these are deep. These are long. They're fun. Uh, but again, we, if we hit that goal on Patreon, like I was talking about earlier, we'll bring these out more often. We'll get more to where often. we're doing them weekly and then they won't be quite so dense. So, you know, we'll be able to break them up a little bit more. Um, and, uh, and, and make them a little bit more digestible. But, um, but we're glad you guys are enjoying uh, the new format. We're really enjoying it. This is really, really fun. And um, looking forward to finishing the game and uh, finishing up our, our thoughts on FF8. Uh, till then, peace out. We appreciate all of you. Bye-bye. <laughs>